All right, let's, uh, you can start anytime you, you, well, or not. You don't have to start if you don't want to. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is Ian Boothby. Hello, ladies and germs. My name is David Dedrick. There you are. Uh, do germs have sexes? Are there male germs and female germs? There must be. Okay, very good. Because otherwise, where not. do baby germs come from? <laughs> well, do they just germinate? No, I think they just, uh, I think they do it, uh, whatever they call it. There's a word for it, right? Where they, parthenogenesis, whatever, where they just split apart into a new thing. Wouldn't it be fun? Okay, here's the thing. Parthenon. So you, so you have a thing where uh, an old-timey comedian comes out and goes, Hello, ladies and germs. Then you cut to a germ in the audience. The germ is going... Hack, and then uh, and he's going. You're mean. It's like no, he's a germ for hacking cough. I'm like oh, he can't, oh, okay. uh, he can't help yeah. it. That's all he does. It's like oh, sorry. Whoop. It's like oh, you guys liking the show? No, he's just a worm, for, a germ for whooping cough. He can't help it either. These are the only things they can say. But it's still nice. Everyone came out to the sure. Theater. It is nice that those germs came out to this uh, super spreader event. See the show. <laughs> I'm not sure what level of of life uh, sexes begin mm. because microbes, I guess, don't. But but then you go up, right? Then yeah. You, then you get then you get stuff really really happening. And then they say you call this living. That's what they say. <laughs> microbes. Or, yeah. 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 I don't think they're saying anything. <laughs> okay. Fair if anyone out there is a microbiologist, uh, please correct us on uh, those things that they uh, they do. I thought you were going to go straight to the horse's mouth and say, if anyone out there is a microbe, please let us know. Was well, that just a cheap plug for your uh, horse mystery sh- uh, show that's coming back? <laughs> I would never cheap, cheaply plug something. All right. Very good. All right. I'm above that. All right. Fair enough. But don't forget, horse mysteries coming back soon. Yep. There you are. Everyone's waiting. It's it's coming around the track. You saw it like vanish for a while, but now you're hearing... <laughs> and it'll be it'll be back soon uh, with real life mysteries and whatnot. Uh, hey, let's uh, explain... Uh, uh, what's going on with me this week? Uh, I'm a broken man. Oh, oh I'm a broken man, Dave. You know this, right? I'm a broken uh, man. Um, yeah, it's, we we talked earlier about uh, you talking to some of the children in the neighborhood and telling them to shut up before the show. Um, and I said they that was good. They didn't talk to you because you're a stranger. And you said stranger danger. And I'm yep. going to tell you, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. To beware of strangers. Truly. Uh, the other day I was, uh, and by say by day I mean night, so I'm a liar. <laughs> I was sitting on my porch, okay, uh, late at night. Sure, eight, uh, no, eleven thirty p.m. That's late, quite late. That's late. It's about as late as it gets before it becomes morning. <laughs> yes, you're right, pretty close. Yeah, you could Too say like day. one a.m. is late, but you're uh, wrong because it's early. Mm. Anyway, uh, so I'm sitting there, and uh, a guy starts coming up to me. And I'm like, oh, boy, I don't like this. Uh, he's coming up to me on the steps, and he's going, hey. And I'm like, uh, hi. And uh, it turns out he just moved in across the street. He's my I new neighbor. St- I saw him watering his dirt earlier. Oh, yeah, that's all he does now is he waters dirt. <laughs> so uh, and I'm like, you know, dirt can't grow, I say to him, and like roll my eyes. <laughs> but he asked me the normal questions that uh, people ask, yeah, which is things about the house uh, that I'm. And I said, uh, "Well, I don't know because I'm renting and mm. all these things." Then he asked me, "You know, uh, you know, we're, I'm here with my uh, kid. You got kids?" And like, "I know." And then like big silence. <laughs> uh, and like, "Well, it's your 
place to break this awkward silence, not yeah. me. I don't because anything I say after this is like an excuse on my part, and I don't feel like I have to defend myself, sir. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so you know, just being friendly, welcome into the neighborhood and whatnot. Sure. Uh, and so, like, then he walks off, and I'm like, oh, gotta write down his name because I forgot it. So <laughs> I'll forget it. So I wrote down his name, and then. Um, on uh, Labor Day, uh, I'm going out to uh, for one final outdoor uh, swim. Okay, uh, with my wife, my sister. Is that when the swimming en- the outdoor swimming ends on Labor Day? Yes, uh, in Vancouver. Oh. Yeah, in oh. Burnaby, I think it lasts, uh, or New Westminster. I know it lasts until October. Yeah, uh, good for a, good they, for New West. They have a more difficult labor. Yes, they do. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, you know, as I'm leaving, I'm like, I notice that the guy is like across the street, and I'm like, you know what? I should wave to him and remember his name. Nice, and like, this Very is nice a friendly thing to do. Yeah, friendly thing to do. So I come out of the uh, come out of the house and I, I lock the door mm-hmm. and I go down the stairs. Yeah, uh, I normally throw a little blessing on the house, uh, wishing us all good health. Forgot to do that okay. this time around. That is crucial to the story. Okay, uh, go down the stairs, uh, give him a wave uh, with a big wave, uh, and then uh, trip on a, a vine. <laughs> and uh, that's right on the edge of the sidewalk. Sure. And down I go, hard. Onto the sidewalk? Onto the sidewalk, Ooh. scraping the hell out of my arm, mm-hmm. uh, blocking my uh, fall with my hand, yeah. and my left hand, and uh, but my head still, my side of my face still hits the, the sidewalk, but oh. like blunted by uh, my arm. Yeah. Um, but still, shit. <laughs> No good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I just had this. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the the long story short, and I'll get back to to this bit is uh, broke my hand. Oh, broke my broke my finger. So uh, yeah. So I got a broken a broken uh, finger right now. Uh, and uh, at which the, one at, did you break your ring finger? Uh, uh, my uh, pinky. Your pinky. So underneath, oh, okay. uh, right underneath my pinky, I have a stable fracture. I see. So. Uh, it was interesting because I've been reading up on uh, bone breaks, mm-hmm. and a couple of things happen when you break a bone. Your fight or flight response kicks in huge when you break a bone. Okay, and mine was flight, huh. and and as soon as like my my head hit the 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 uh, you know uh, uh, sidewalk, sidewalk yeah. uh, I was like, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. We've got to get out of here. And uh, got in the car, and it was, and it was like, are you okay? We got to go. We got to go. Go. <laughs> just go. Drive. Please drive. And I just had this like feeling of what we need to drive. Uh, and it was like uh, the plan was before we were going to go swimming was we had to pick up cat food. Uh, not cat food. Cat litter. Uh, and it was going to be closing in 10 minutes. And all I had on my head there, even though I was like in like throbbing pain, yeah. uh, was uh, we got to get that. That was all that mattered to me. There was the one thing that mattered to me was we got to go get that litter. And again, yeah. they were they were asking like, "How are you? What's going on?" I've got well, I've got a headache. Uh, are you bleeding? Not too bad. We got to go get this cat litter. Okay. So uh, so we go over to Bosley's, the cat litter place, and uh, I'm going to go get it. I'll be right back. So I get out of the car and I go in, and it was like uh, it was it was like a Harold Lloyd. Uh, uh, short. I, I, I walk in and the floor is covered in soap. Like it's covered. Like not just wet. Yeah, yeah. And like there's a woman who's like mopping. Yeah. And there's uh, like one sign going wet floor. Yeah. But like there's bubbles all over every inch of the fucking place. Okay. And it's just like I just like go and and she goes we close in five minutes. So it's like I'm gonna have to rush. Yeah, yeah. I'm like well, we can't. 
well, I can't do this. I'm going to go get a friend. Yeah. So, which sounds weird because she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And I'm probably bleeding. So I turn and, uh, and, and send PA in to do that. And, and while she's doing that, I look at my hand and go, nah, that didn't look great. Just look at my hand. Just went, you know what? I've never had a broken bone. This is a broken bone. I think it's broken. Yeah. This is the way it was bent or? It just felt like wrong. Oh, and then, okay. yeah, there was a little indentation. Okay. And it was like, nah, that's not. Ah, shit. Huh. You know, and my whole thing after that was like, if I could just get to the pool, I'll be okay. But like, nope, I'm going to urgent care, which I really strongly dislike. But it was like right there. It was half a block away. Yeah. So, yeah, I went to, went to urgent care. Uh, they buddy bandaged uh, me up. There was no x-rays available that night. So the next morning I went in to get an x-ray and they, you know, they can't tell you at the time because, you know, we got to like, the expert has to look at it. And then the expert will, t- will, will talk to urgent care. So we'll go back to urgent care and then urgent case. It's like, okay, so it's this game of telephone. So I go back to urgent care and then I wait at urgent care for a couple hours. And then they tell me, yeah, we haven't got the x-ray. Yeah. Uh, but they'll they'll be back tomorrow with 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 the X-ray, and I'm just like, well, that doesn't sound right at all. Like I, I break a I break a bone maybe like yesterday, and you're going to tell me in two days? That's not, that doesn't. And she's like, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, <laughs> I'm glad she agreed. let's re-exa- let's reexamine you. <laughs> yeah. So they take me in, take the buddy bandage off, and go. You know what? This doesn't look that bad. You're probably okay. But we'll let you know, and if we don't call you, then you'll know it was nothing. Okay. I was like, all right. So I walk home. I'm like, okay, well, this is painful, but it was nothing. And then I get a call. Yeah, it's a break. (laughs) (laughs) You got to come back for a splint. Oh. Uh, I'm like, okay. So I get back. (laughs) I'm walking back. And on the way back, I th- I think to myself because like at the time I'm like moving my hand, and it's like uh it's it's like a dull pain. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels more stiff than anything. And I was realizing the things that I couldn't do with a splint, and it was like I can't not I can't I can't have a splint. I just can't right now. I don't have time for that. I can't type. I wouldn't be able to swim. I wouldn't be able to do these other things. And I'm like. I'm just going to have to, I'll have a conversation with them and see like, what's the worst case scenario if I don't get a splint. Yeah. And the worst case scenario was, you know, it's, (laughs) it's your call. Yeah. Uh, But we'll send you to an orthopedic uh, doctor uh, a little later and they'll check on you and they're going to ask you, why didn't you put a splint on? You can tell them that because you didn't. Uh, And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this risk. So, uh, so yeah, so that's why I don't have a, a splint on uh, currently. So I've just been like uh, icing it and heating it and uh, taking Tylenol. They actually like gave me the wrong uh, pain medicine. <laughs> yeah, she said like, uh, "Hey, you should uh, okay." So just take Advil, and I went like with blood thinners, and uh, and she went, "Oh, I should check that." Blood thinners? And the doctor, no. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. So that would have been bad advice. Huh. Um, so, yeah. So I've just been taking uh, Tylenol for the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's been a weird experience. Like yeah. just regular Tylenol or Tylenol free? Uh, extra, extra strength Tylenol. Extra strength Tylenol. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I've been, I feel, I feel uh, a broken bone is worth the extra strength. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Maybe it'll give you extra strong pinky. Maybe, maybe it will. 
Uh, but yeah, I've been doing a little reading up on like broken bones and what uh, what happens to your body when you have a broken bone and yeah. what your body adjusts. And one of the things is that you uh, it it sends a lot of like you know not necessarily energy, but it's working a lot on healing the bone. Mm-hmm. So you're uh, tired. Okay. And I'm like I'm tired. Okay. So yeah, this may be a little bit of a shorter podcast than normal. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's been kind of exhausting and annoying, but you know could have been worse. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Oof, oh, I tough. did fall right. I, fall, I fell in the right way to block as much of the impact as possible. But don't ever be friendly to your neighbor who's a stranger because you might fall. You <laughs> might break your hand. All right. That's that's immoral. So have, never, you, have you broken a bone? Uh, not, 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 real, not realizing it, but I also broke a finger. Okay. If you look at this finger here, you can see where the it uh, sticks out quite a bit there. Yeah. I got kicked by a horse when I was a uh, horseshoer and... It broke my finger. I didn't realize at the time. It wasn't until later on that I realized. So did you have an x-ray later and they said, uh, no, who I just, told you? Uh, I just was talking to a doctor and he, he felt it. He went, oh, yeah, that's from a break. Oh, interesting. Because the, cal- the calcium will build up to cover up the, the fracture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, when the doctor was like fe- feeling my finger or the nurse practitioner, uh, she, was, uh, she, was, she was going up and down going like, okay, does that hurt? No. Does that hurt? No. But that hurts. I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's all hurting. It's not great, but it's not like you yeah. know. She's waiting for me to yelp. Yeah, yeah. And the first night, the first night there was a yelp or two sure, uh, sure. when I like picked up a bowl wrong or something that had any heft, or tried opening uh, a coke, just holding the bottle and then like opening the top of a, of a coke. The hand that was holding the bottle, you know, got a quick twist. Okay, and it was like fuck. Oh, so yeah, that was cr- crazy painful. But when she was yeah, just working her way down the hand it's like no and she went like okay so you know either you've got a, a really high tolerance for pain or you're okay mm. so i don't know what the heck was that i mean so of all the superpowers you want you yeah. don't want the high tolerance for pain that's the that's a good you one. want no you want flight <laughs> you don't want like hey you know what you can take a lot of kicks to the nuts yeah you can take like about 20 good kicks to the nuts where most people most people can take two yeah and it's like well that's not a good superpower I think that's a good. I, I have a high pain threshold. So. Yeah, well, but then you get a lot more pain. That's no good. But you don't feel it. Well, you know, it'd be better probably if you, uh, you know, you felt it and it went knock it off. And <laughs> walked away from it. I guess I would think. But sorry, so you got yeah, that was a, a broken finger. Yeah, you got. yeah, it was just it's too bad. I remember um, when I was going through the farrier course. This uh, girl I was going through the course with, she took my hand one day and she she looked at my finger and she said. Why do you want to become a farrier? You have such beautiful hands. <laughs> now, at the moment, I was like, yeah, why do I want to become a farrier? <laughs> I don't know. It's a job, I guess. Reminds me of one time I was uh, at my my agency as a youth when I was an actor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and someone came in and went, they're looking for hand models. You. Let's see your hands. And so uh, they uh, put my hands down and they looked at my hands and went, No. <laughs> The end. That was my career as a hand model. Cool. Yeah, I was like, very I don't know how to cut my nails right. I'm clearly not a hand model. No. I think you could. Yeah. And my and my fingers go all uh, gang of glay. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I, I I mean, I used to I used to like not be uh, good with my hands when I was a youth. Yeah. So yeah, I think I, it it is conceivable that my hands have been broken in the past. 
Uh, I used to, uh, you know, punch walls and do dumb shit and oh, okay. squeeze my hands. Yeah. So it's 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 possible I've had breaks in them before. And what they do is, yeah, they look at one hand, they look at the other hand, and it's like, I don't think the other hand is going to help you, buddy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's also, you know, a crazy wonderland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe in, in the past they could have been, and not now. My hands are a mess, but when I was younger. Yeah. Who knows? You know, there's, uh, there's hand chance. models for, like, you know, a gentleman of a certain age's uh, hands, you know, while you need a picture of the guy signing the document, <laughs> you know, or some such, sure. or picking up the vial of Viagra. Yeah. You yeah. know, what have you. Yeah, yeah. Signing the, signing away his uh, fortune to that hot Russian model he met online. Yeah. So they want. Or Tom Selleck, either way. <laughs> Getting a reverse mortgage from Magnum P.I. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good old reverse mortgage. Mm-hmm. One time I did do a commercial and they needed to do a shot of my hands. And, oh, my God, it was like about an hour of them working on my hands and, like, just taking a little thing and pushing in all the cuticles and doing all the stuff. Okay. It was so painful. Oh, mm-hmm. so painful. Yeah, yeah. And it was all so that I, I could, like, that. reach for a doorknob. Doorknobs <laughs> <laughs> are that great. Mm-hmm. Make a big fuss about them. I think I think actually it was uh, me putting a key in a lock, and then I open it up, and that's when I've got a completely automated home, oh, which okay. makes me look like a start of like an old timey Black Mirror episode. Mm-hmm. And if your home was so automated, why are you having to put a key in the lock? Yeah, it was a different time. Sure was. It's been. I have a combination lock on the door downstairs in our at our basement door, which has been very handy with all the work that was being done. Because it'd be like, oh, can someone be home? And I'd be like, no, but. We have a lock, you guys. I'll just give you the code. <laughs> Come yourself in. I was watching an annoying video yesterday, and it was uh, okay. It was a, it was a device that you okay. can buy in, uh, and maybe you'll guess what this device is. Okay, it's a device that you can buy in a shop okay. now. Yep, and I'm I'm emphasizing <laughs> right now. Now, okay, uh, and uh, it'll pop almost any lock, almost any bike lock. Uh, it, you can use it to pick a lock, put put it into the lock. And then you take like a the second part of this thing and put them together, and then just uh, start her up and uh, pop. Almost all, almost all these locks, like padlocks, gone. Bike locks, pop. Uh, yeah, all these all these locks you can use it to pick, and it's something that you can uh, buy for about let's say maybe fifteen dollars most. Yeah, fifteen dollars most. I'm, I'm not seeing you this. You can buy it. I'm going to emphasize this no. now. <laughs> yes. Could yeah. you buy it a month ago? No. Mm. You can buy it now. Okay. Can you buy it three months from now? No. But you can buy it now. Okay. Yeah. Any idea what this thing is? No. This is a uh, pumpkin carver. Oh, really? Like a little small pumpkin carver. Yeah, that's like kind of battery powered. Yeah. And yeah, you use that and you can open most locks if you take that. And another part of the pumpkin carving kit and you just put both in and uh, turn the pumpkin carver on. And yeah, it, uh, it like opens the lock. I did not know that locks were made from pumpkins. Yeah, they're all the jack-o'-lanterns inside. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's, uh, that's it's new to me. It was not something I, I was happy to see. I was like, oh. So was this someone show... Not, so this wasn't an ad for them as a lock popper? No, it was just like, you know, a, hey, did you know like a YouTube that, video, that most yeah. of these basic locks can be opened using, uh. yeah, this uh, pumpkin carving uh, <sighs> kit that you can get for basically 10 to 15 bucks? I mean, I guess that's not... Great, but it feels like people who want to do that already know those sort of things. Yeah, it's like one of those things where you know they had the uh, the club, right? And it was like you can't uh, you can't break the club. Nothing will break the club. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Nothing in the car can break the club. What about Not, the steering wheel? Well, yeah, you can break the steering <laughs> wheel, but you can also break the club. Uh, you just need. Uh, let's see. Do you have a jack? 
Yeah. Oh, well, that'll break both okay. the club and the steering wheel. Steering wheel, okay. no problem yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you got one of those in your car, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So done. Huh. Well, that's so good. I don't. I guess the steering wheel doesn't. Uh, I don't know if the steering wheel has like a metal band, like a metal hoop in it that. Uh, It'd be good if it broke. If it broke, that uh, okay. So if you break a steering wheel nowadays, yeah, isn't there an airbag in there? Oh, it's in the center part of it. But wouldn't uh, if you broke the if you broke the steering wheel, that wouldn't trigger the airbag in anything? I don't think so because you'd have to have a bunch. No, because it's a sensor in the in the front of the car that makes it go. Okay, like so, if you smash into someone, then it'll 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 release the airbags. Mm. So they're all feels like a good thing would be like if you break the steering wheel, then the airbag would go off as well, because (laughs) there's no there's no situation where you'd be trying to break the steering wheel Mm -hmm. that uh, an airbag would not be a fairly good idea to have going on. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's either a thief, in which case they can't drive the car or they can, but they're going to have to pop it and they're going to have to drive with like a deflated airbag and they're going to look like a thief. Or, you know, uh, something's gone horribly wrong and the steering wheel's broken by something. Yeah. In which case, hey, guess what? Probably a good idea to have an airbag going off. Yeah, I think nowadays with most modern cars, they it's all electronic, so they have some sort of a, a thing that scans the frequency and yeah. figures out... It's like, and now you got the the child safety seats. It's like uh, a kid has to, if they're uh, eight and under, they have to be in this seat uh, back at home. They can't get in the car. They just have to actually, <laughs> when you're driving your car, they put you in a seat and you have to stay in the house. Is that right? Yeah, it's that safe. Yeah, it it's really like is. you got to be in the living room. They'll put you in the living so... room in the safety seat, and then you go drive and get some groceries, and then the kid comes. You come back and yeah. unlock the kid. It feels from like the living room. It feels like the nanny state gone crazy, but I guess in the end it does make sense. That's Kids also, are safer. It's also it's also politically uh, correctness gone mad. <laughs> yeah. And the kids are very woke as well. That's right. I you mean, come, they're, you they're come awake. home and you and, and you got to knock three times, and the kid has to tell you their pronoun, and you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that's the only way I can get in the house." It's like, yeah, we have to tell each other our pronouns. So like, what a state we're in. <laughs> Thank you, Trudeau. Yeah, and and what's happening with with the the, the 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 hobbits or whatever on the new Lord of the Rings? They're not all white. Oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. It's so uh, it's so disturbing to me. <laughs> as a fan, as a true fan, as a true fan, yeah, you never it never occurred to you that some of them might be. Yeah, in fact, in fact, um, uh, Queen Elizabeth said, "Either those multiracial hobbits go, or I do." Was that what she said? Yeah, she did. Oh, anyway, I'm, I'm going to check what she's up to right now. Oh my god! Yeah, woman of her words. Wow, that is a strong stance. <laughs> Thank you for your service. I like the queen, or I liked her. Mm-hmm. Now we got to get new money. I guess that's now exciting. we got to get new stinking money. I don't think it. You got to have Charles's face on all your money now. Ugh. There must have been a there must have been a time where there was a changeover where there was still her dad's face on the on the money, and then slowly she became the predominant. Do you think they money. should just show slowly change it to Charles, like as in morphing technology and like every so often they'll just change the quarter a little bit. So it's like half yeah. her and half Charles. And then eventually it'll like be Charles. And if you flip the quarters, it'll be her face changing into Charles like mystique. Okay. Like one of those little bird things that have, the, yeah. Yeah. And you just spin it. Yeah. So it'll be less jarring to people. <laughs> well, by the way, I've got a broken bone. So my brain isn't working good. Okay. Anything I say, if it's offensive about, uh, you know, uh, Her Majesty. Her Majesty. Um, uh, yeah. By the way, I was asking my wife this, and maybe you can answer this. Okay. 
uh, is there now a Prince of Wales or uh, is there not yes. one now? Who well, there the will Prince be the son, William, isn't it? Is that his name? William? Prince William? Okay. So he's the Prince of Wales. Yes. So currently there's no Prince of Wales. Well, there is a Prince of Wales. Charles is a Prince of Wales. Unless and the king? Unless he's become the king. Oh, well, don't you become the king immediately? I don't think so. I think there has to, they have well, to go through they the Well, don't they yell whole... like, uh, long live the king? You know, when someone... Isn't you know, there like a ceremony where like... I think there's a ceremony, but I think like it, it just happens. Like there's not n- yeah. no well, royal... I'm sure Prince of Wales works the same way then, right? Right. So, the, but there'd be like... No, because he's, he's a different name, right? He's like the Duke of something, isn't he? He's the Duke of Earl. <laughs> Duke, Duke. Duke, Duke of Earl. Um, By the way, the worst DC villain? Yes. The Duke of Oil. That's a real That's a real villain. Duke, 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 Duke of Oil. Yeah, he looks like J.R. Ewing, basically. He's got a big cowboy hat. <laughs> oh, my God. He sh- I think he shoots oil out of his hands. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he is. He, you think like the Condiment King is the worst DC villain. He is not. It is the Duke of Oil. Okay, please continue. I'm going to just point out that I think the reason that I, I you know, kind of like the Queen and all that stuff is I know nothing about it. So, like... You know, all the, like, scandalous elements of it I don't know anything about. So when I say that and people go, you mean you like the queen who blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, well, I don't know because I don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of just like the lady on the money. Yep. She's, she stayed during World War Two. Could have left. She could have left. She could have taken off. Not just that. She worked in the motor pool. Yep. She knows how to fix a car. Yep. Yeah. It would, it'd be weird, though, if the queen was fixing your car. And, you know, you're just like, fill her up. And he's like, all right. <laughs> you want an air freshener, mate? Want me to check your oil? Check your oil. Oh, this weather, huh? I'm like, oh, boy. How much small talk do I have to make? And also, how much do I have to tip? This feels what, weird. What happened to her, her accent? Well, this is uh, this how she really talks. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. yeah. Very thick Cockney accent. That RP is, well, it is RP anyway. Yeah. So. Just, this really is not real. So Yeah. And then she'll go like, you know, uh, talk to my husband if you want an ethnic joke. I'm like, okay. He's got him loaded up. He's gone too. He is gone. He is gone. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's sad when people pass. It is sad. You're right. We we have a a friend a friend of Lisa's. Um, her uncle was the queen's trainer. Her horse horse mm. race trainer for many many years. I wouldn't think that he would train the queen. No. No, he did not train the Take team for or the, run around or the, the corgis or okay. the corgis, but uh, yeah, he was the her horse trainer and uh, for a long time, for many years. He died about the same time as Prince Philip. And she actually, oh, she actually commented that she lost the two most important men in her life. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I think. Well, I was surprised when I, someone told me at work today, and it is kind of shocking, just because your whole life, yeah, you know, it's one person in sort of very prominent place. You know, prime ministers come and go, and presidents come and go. But she's always been there. Yeah. And then she's not. And then you're like, now what happens? Of course, now Charles is the king, King Charles. Right. Whatever number it is. I don't know. There's other Charles. Charles is Charles II, right? Wasn't he the one that got his head? No. He was the one who came back. Charles I from, got from, his head. From a beheading? No, Charles I got his head cut off. Then okay. Charles right. II came back as king, right? When they, right. Okay. When they decided Because it sounded like you just said, this person got beheaded and then came back. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's, I'm uh, that's impressive. <laughs> that's just my brain leaping, leaping uh, things. There's no point filling in the, that space, but I just meant like, you know, because then they, they killed the king and then they had like the common, or what it was called, like the the parliamentary rule under, right. under the Cromwell. So what, uh, what, uh, rule. okay, so... Charles becomes the king, King Charles the Yeah. Okay, and uh, and uh, his wife, what does she become? Queen. 
No, she won't be the queen. No, she will not, she be, not the be the queen. queen. She will not be the queen. So she would be lady. She? She'd be lady. Okay. I think that would be what she would Isn't she be. already lady? Yeah. So, so she just it just she can keep the same stationary. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. So was Charles living in Buckingham Palace already? Or was he away? He has his own palace, right? Does he? Yeah. Okay, you tell me. I got no idea. I don't I, read Hello Magazine. Me neither. By the way, all of these, uh, <laughs> any mean jokes I'm making, I'm making knowing that my mother-in-law will not hear them because uh, non-funny to her. <laughs> any any mean-ish jokes I made today yeah. were on Twitter. Mm-hmm. She is not on Twitter. Okay. She is on Facebook. Okay. Very mild jokes on Facebook. Okay. Very, very mild. I see. Uh, but on Twitter, I was a bit of a jerk. But again, I've got a broken bone. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in pain. Sure. Uh, and so you know, this is how I uh, spell relief. So, um, so okay. So uh, Charles has his own. I believe he has his own place to live. Yes. Okay, but he has to move into Buckingham Palace now. Uh, yeah, you can't not be. You can't be I king and like s- live in your side but, place. But Windsor Castle was more the Queen's hangout than Buckingham Palace was. Oh, okay. As far as I how know, how many damn castles are there? There's a lot. People? There's Belmoral okay. and Windsor and. They have a lot of land. Okay. That's what, I mean. Andrew doesn't have a castle, right? Please say he doesn't have a castle. I imagine he has a place oh. to stay. Well, he's got a place a to castle. stay. Yeah, that's right. He's, not, a castle, he's not an Airbnb. Well, he's, you know. he's lost a lot. I mean, he's going door to door having to tell people, hello, you might know me. <laughs> I'm moving into the neighborhood. You might have heard some things. Moving into the castle in the neighborhood. Yeah, moving into the castle in the neighborhood. And there's been some talk. Yeah. So I've got to say, as a boop, 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 no thing proven. But I've got to go door to door and tell you about this. Uh, don't worry, all the all the all the mums of the of the uh, the ladies there are all. Uh, it's very exciting. Very excited about him coming into neighborhood. Because you know why that Jane Austen saying I can't remember. Think about <laughs> the thing about a man of a, a certain you know a man of a certain fortune is uh, is uh, always uh, whatever it is. Well, here's the thing. I know would, I should know it. Everyone okay, I just here would be the things. appealing thing about Andrew. It's like there is a chance that Andrew might at some point, you know, be put away somewhere for things that he may have done. Mm. And if so, and you're married to Prince Andrew, which is like, ugh. But if it is, you're not put away and you get to have all the stuff. Sure. But you don't have to have all the Prince Andrew. That's right. So pretty good. You don't have to put up with all the sweating. Yeah. (laughs) That stuff. Anyway. Yeah. This will all make for a very interesting episode of The Crown 10 years from now. I thought that there was some sort of agreement made. Oh, it was an agreement made between Prince Harry and Netflix that they would not continue the series into the present time. Well, when is the present time? Right now. Like okay, right, I know the. Right. Pre- I understand that the present time is right now. But when did think, when did that agreement get made? Oh, when he signed his Netflix deal. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he signed a big deal with Netflix. Okay. I don't know what it's uh, has amounted to. Nothing, All right. Nothing as far as I could tell. I mean, it's. I mean, Jesus, it's like. It's public domain, so like anyone sure. can do it. I mean, and 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 like like Netflix will be around then anyway. Yeah, yeah. And let's also make it clear that the crown is absolute fiction and has very little to do with mm-hmm. what actually happened. So, you know, you could say whatever you want, really. But yeah, apparently, I just heard this, so I, I don't know if that's true or not. I know. Seeing this, it's like, well, finally, Charles can go into musical theater. No one's holding him back. You know, it's like I'm the king. I can do what I want. There's I'm m- going to be in Hamilton. <laughs> And I'll play uh, the King King uh, George. Is that who's in Hamilton? It's King George. Yeah, it must be yeah, King George. Yeah, yeah, King George. He, he gets he can mm-hmm. go and he can do the musical number. It'll be fun. That would be great. I think that that's something you say. That's there's two appealing things about uh, Prince Charles. One is that he 
uh, for a long time has been has been very outspoken about the environment. For a long time, like before it was cool. Pro, pro or again it? He's very pro environment. Oh, good, good. Yeah, okay, that's pro, nice. Very pro, like, you know. And then, but also... Um, his ears are a wind farm. So that ears, is nice. His ears are, he's a living wind farm. And also, he also has some solar panel attached to, to them as well. So quite a... Anyway, but also um, a real, uh, like, uh, a supporter of, like, maintaining, like, heritage and stuff like that. Like, heritage sites and things like that. Oh, good, good. Okay. But also, most importantly, huge fan of the Goon Show, which I really appreciate. I have an album of uh, the reunion show from like 1974, and it has the the notes are written by Prince Charles on it on the on the record sleeve. It's it's interesting seeing uh, American people I know uh, go. Now's a good time to get rid of the monarchy. And first of all, now's not a good time to bring it up. <laughs> like right now, this is the wrongest day to bring that up. Why would why are Americans so concerned Timing. about other people's government when their government is falling to pieces? Know, that's the thing. Don't you guys, don't you guys don't you also oh, concentrate it's just on that? Like I understand what you're saying, and you're, you're you know you, there is are definitely arguments to be made, but it's the glassiest of glass houses right now to be just going. You guys should get your stuff together. Yeah, it's like really together. right now is when. Okay, fair enough. That's right. Fair enough. Okay, dokey. Here that's we go. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, but if they did get rid of the monarchy, mm-hmm. what do you do with Buckingham Palace? Well, Just a museum? Like you have people walk around and you can like take tours and stuff? Block of flats. Nice block of flats. The air, once again, Airbnb. Land. It's prime. Prime. That is good land. Prime development land. I imagine we just get torn down and turned into a Oh, buildings. yeah. Just a mini mall. <laughs> Not a mini mall. Like I turned into buildings. Big skyscrapers. Oh, okay. Don't think small. Think big. Okay. Just another pickle. A Sotheby's. It's become a big <laughs> Sotheby's. I'm trying to think of like uh, British uh, businesses, uh, Boots. A big it'll te- be a Sotheby's and a Boots. A big Tesco's. Yeah, or, or oh no, it'll be a nice uh, big uh, Pret-a-Manger. Like just really good sandwiches, though. I think you're... <laughs> I don't know if they have quite the... Uh, I don't have the cash flow to afford that. Do you think so. there's a chance that uh, Charles can bring back the crayfish sandwich? Because uh, that was the best sandwich. Let's face it. If anything's going to move in there, it'll be Pizza Express. Oh, jeez. That's true. <laughs> How can you live so close to Italy? Yes. And miss what pizza is so badly? <laughs> yeah. I think, like, America uh, made pizza. And America made pizza wrong. Like, you know, because you make it wrong because you're far away from Italy. Yeah. But they made it wrong in a not bad way. And so then yeah. when real pizza came along, they're like, oh, we can do this. And then they kind of mixed the two and yeah. fixed it up. Sure. But like, uh, I think England did the same thing. We're like, okay, we're, we're going to make our own pizza. And they just made it so wrong and in a bad way. And then we're never able to like recover. There's no coming back from it. Yeah. It's just like it, Italians live there. Mm-hmm. There's Italian people. Why is all pizza bad in, uh, in, in England? It's not all bad. But it's mostly bad. Yeah. Pizza Express is... <laughs> Like about well, the best, and it's like yeah. not good. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. I mean, is it? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's good travel food. Like when you're traveling, okay, it's a good place to stop for for a quick lunch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Oh, you're talking Pizza Express. Yeah, yeah. It's the best of the bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you just went to like if you saw a place in England, you were walking down the street and you're in Piccadilly Circus, and there was a place that said pizza. Yeah, and just said pizza, and you went in. You're in for a bad time. <laughs> if you're expecting yeah. good pizza, you're in for a bad time. If you're expecting just like, I just want something in my mouth that will f- give me calories, you'll be yeah. okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Their Chinese food is good there in England. Chinese food is good. Indian food is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, their sushi is so expensive that it'll just... <laughs> what's, what's the point? Yeah, like, you just have a headache looking at the prices. <laughs> then you're like, you know what? Fine. I've paid a lot for sushi. I'm sure it's great. Let me try. Oh, my God, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you'd expect it to be good. I guess, I mean... Well, why would sushi... Yeah, I guess, why would sushi... Because is sushi is sushi is the Pacific food, and you're okay. in the Atlantic. Yeah. You're in the middle of the Atlantic in England. Like, everything about sushi is, like, like sockeye salmon. You know, that's, like, the, one of the key ingredients of sushi, mm-hmm. which is right from here. Like, you can't get any better or any closer to the supply of what most sushi is, even in Japan. You know, like, like when I, I've said many times when I worked on the fishing boat, everything we caught on that boat went to Japan. Yeah. Every... Last bit of the catch went there. Like, nothing stayed here in BC. Yeah, that is one of those things, like, uh, yeah, I've had friends of mine go to Japan, and they're like, I just want to get that uh, the, the Japanese fish and just see what it's really supposed to taste like. Where's this from? And I was like, what? That's my right by my house. It was the exact same thing when we went to uh, Dijon. And okay. we're like, we went to, like... Um, you know, uh, uh, me, me, mel, mel, something. Anyway, yeah, a yeah. big mustard place. Sure, sure. And then uh, they go like, "Oh yeah, we got most of our mustard seeds from British Columbia." Mm. Throw up my hands. <laughs> what am I doing? Well, how come you're eating your hands? Oh, because covered in mustard. Oh, delicious, okay. delicious, <laughs> delicious mustard. <laughs> they like sausages. Sure, you know, they're fine. They, you can be easily uh, mistaken. And as you know, I have a very high pain threshold. <laughs> I can take a couple of good bites out of my fingers without uh, caring. That's a dangerously high pain mm-hmm. threshold. I am doing this show with a broken hand, Dave. <laughs> yes, I have a broken bone, and I am still doing this. Good, good. Look at me. Yes. Admire me. <laughs> <laughs> Something's broken. Something is broken inside. You're not wrong. <laughs> that's ab- that's absolutely true. Uh, yeah. Did so, your neighbor come over? To see if you're okay? Okay, well, here's the thing. And this is where my... Okay, of all the painful aspects of this, yeah, this is the most painful aspect okay, of I'm it. I'm glad I brought it up. Um, so, I, so I trip, mm-hmm. and I'm falling, and I block the fall, and my head hits the ground, uh, and I, I just feel this impact on my face, and it's yeah. like, boom, yeah. and the ripple. Yeah. And, and I, I'm like, I'm my, everything in my body now is hot. It's like just hot, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, got to get out of here. And uh, and 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 Pia comes out of the car and go, "Are you okay?" And I go, "I'm fine. I'm fine. We should go." And then he comes out and he's like, "Are you doing? Are you okay?" As he should. Yeah. And uh, and I go, "I'm fine." <laughs> And I like not in the nicest way. <laughs> I'm okay, guys. I'm fine. And I was just like, I look like a maniac. <laughs> and like getting up, I'm sure I was yeah. again bleeding. Yeah. And I'm like, not, you know, you're also just, also not a little embarrassed about the whole. Yeah, thing. I'm humiliated. Yes, I'm hot that's, from embarrassment that's and a, pain. That's, that's a bit of the, the yeah. Heat it's there, both things. I mean, yeah. I just fell down in front of my neighbor, oh, so I boy. feel like so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And as I and yeah, that's what, what I was saying to like uh, P and Vicky later. It was just like, you know, the worst part about this is that. I just I fell down in front of the neighbor. I'm just so embarrassed, and they're like, "What's the big deal?" I'm like, "What's the big deal?" I fell down in front of my neighbor. We gotta move. Like I can't. He just moved in. Yeah. And like I haven't talked to him since. I've like, you know, there's been circumstances where it's like, yeah. oh, maybe now's a good time to go out and like give him another wave. But I'm gonna have to do like a talk. And I think like when I fell, I also like did a yelp of just like, ah! and like it was an embarrassed thing of just like, ah! like which oh my in gosh. retrospect, yes. 
You know what? I fell and broke my hand. Yeah. So like having a yelp, yelp as breaking your hand is not it, it's not it's, human and I would not judge any other human on the planet for this. Exactly. Except the one I'm pointing at right yeah, now which exactly. is and myself. Nor, and by the way, nor is your neighbor. What's that? I said either is your neighbor. He's not judging you at all either. No, no. He's cons- but, you know, he's concerned all, for you, but he's not laughing at you. First of all, I don't have kids and secondly, <laughs> I fell down. <laughs> it's one thing after another <laughs> with you. Two strikes. <laughs> this guy, he, he watched me like you know hit the hit the sidewalk with my face. Yeah, like oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Like the next day, then I looked at my arm because because when I at the time it was like just bleeding a little bit from my arm, and, I'm mm-hmm. like, ah. and then you know the next day I just look at it and it's just big road rash yeah, just all yeah. the way up my arm. Yeah, and I'm just like, well, that couldn't look more like monkeypox. That's great. <laughs> Is that what it looks like? Road rash? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like very, yeah, uh, monkeypox oh, can look like a, a rash, and mm, yeah, mm. it's just uh, that kind of cluster of things. But uh, but I'm I'm guaranteeing you, it was just a stupid fall. And then Pia came back uh, while I was waiting at the at the <laughs> clinic, and she just tore up all the weeds. She and while well, swearing at them and going, "Do this to my <laughs> husband. Do this to him. I'll show you." Oh well, yeah. So a lot of vengeance, and I came back home to just a weed massacre. <laughs> it was very sweet. Okay, you didn't feel guilty about that? About the weed massacre? Yeah. No, I don't feel bad about weeds okay. uh, being uh, torn up. No. Sure, sure. Because if the, uh, it tripped me, it could trip someone else. That's true. And then uh, whew, with the lawsuits. <laughs> That's a problem for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, you want to keep that stuff under control. And me too. I don't want to trip and fall walking into your Of course you don't. You know, I don't even know if... Uh, we, do have, we, we do have insurance. I remember like, uh, you know, we always used to say, if you've got a trip and fall, trip and fall at our office because we had work safe. Mm. And then uh, it's real clean. Like if if you were like walking in to do Sneaky Dragon at the old Hell Kitty Studios yeah. and you tripped like uh, on the way in on like something uh, and then fell down on your face and broke your face. Yeah. So clean. It would be so clean. It would just be like, well, this was a workplace injury. Yeah. He was coming to do the show and fell on his face. Here we go. And it, the forms would just be beautiful. It would be mm-hmm. so easy to fill out. Ah, oh, it'd be great. It's a shame it didn't happen. <laughs> yes. Why didn't I just break my Just for the ease. Face? Why didn't I break my And also, face? I'd be just like, hey, I pay for this every year. Mm. Finally, it's starting to pay it. for yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is great. <laughs> get, some, get some use out of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry for your face and everything, but yeah. 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 I mean, we're doing a radio show, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's true. What about if I like my face was all swollen and I couldn't speak very well? That's kind of funny. That would Maybe be doing your show with a funny voice. Yeah, yeah. That would be kind of funny, I guess. Yeah. Why didn't I Welcome do that? Welcome to Horsemith <laughs> Welcome to Sleeky Dragon. I'm sorry. I've... Let's set the scene. <laughs> the <laughs> Kentucky Derby, 1925. <laughs> a shot rings out. <laughs> Someone shot a horse on the track. What kind of a... Isn't there a... Oh, that's the killing. The sound the Kubrick film. The oh, okay. I the... thought you were talking about the TV show. They shoot a horse during the race. Oh, okay. They shoot the favorite. Okay, and then the horse, an unexpected horse, wins, and then that was—that's the dual meaning of the killing. They got a—they made a killing on their bets, but they also killed a horse. Okay, but uh, in real life, the horse is okay. They didn't kill a horse for the film. No, no. Good, good. I don't know Kubrick. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> no, I throw out my hands. The horse was fine. You know, what'd be interesting is if you had a horse, and the horse, like for the horse's entire life, pardon me, is in showbiz. And like always, like seeing the old timey West, and then it's like the horse is sold, and then it has to go to the city, mm. and the and the horse is just what the hell? What yeah. year is this? I thought it was the past. 
<laughs> He's so confused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he would be... Yeah, that would be confusing to a horse. Yeah. What? It's like his life was in the village. Yeah. It's just, what is what? this, an M. Night Shyamalan film? Yeah, and then, and then he on? has to go do a medieval film. I'm like, what? <laughs> I must have walked into a time machine. Justing. Yeah. That would not be a bad idea for a cartoon horse movie. Okay. Where the cartoon horse is like uh, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Through the, through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. Get get on that. Okay. Get working. Like, produce that cartoon right now. I mean, after the show. Okay. Not right away. You can come on as a consultant. You can tell me horse things. <laughs> no, I think I think cartoons would be better without horse consultants. Oh, I don't think you can do without. I think uh, it's the kind of thing that you got to bring on board. Really? Yeah. There'll be something down the line where someone will go like, yeah, there was this organization that, you know, they just need to know that we had a horse consultant <laughs> that knew a thing about a horse. Well, maybe, maybe. I mean, again, it's not real horse. It can't get really hurt. But like yeah. something that's the equivalent of like no animals were, you know, humiliated during this film mm. and no animals were portrayed in a wrong way. Okay. You know, okay. Uh, so, you know. Besides, yeah. besides having like deep thoughts about where they where they are in the universe yeah yeah that's yeah funny. and doing on horse-like things <laughs> i was gonna say like to me like horse horse collar seems like the farthest thing from like anyone being asked if this is a horse lake well i mean who who in the disney world okay i mean mickey mouse does not act in any way like a mouse yeah, yeah. he never he's never eaten a piece of cheese in his fucking life <laughs> I, I, well, I wouldn't go that far. Donald Duck, you yeah. have never seen swimming in a pond, duck style. Mm, okay, not duck style. Uh, Goofy Daffy Duck, you've seen swimming in a pond. Duck yeah, style. yeah, yeah. He's a duck. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here's your confusion. There. That's right. You're right. Donald right, right, right. Donald Duck. Yeah. His name is Duck. Yeah. It's just the last name. It's just the last name, and you can tell that because uh, if you look at the family tree of the Scrooge McDuck, yeah, you know, family, yeah, you'll see that it's the Duck family, and then that it's the McDucks. Okay. And it, it's that's yeah. just his name. Yeah. Daffy Duck. Sure. He's he. It's a description of what he is. Mm-hmm. That's one crazy duck. He's yeah. a daffy. He is a daffy duck. Mm. Uh, he does not have a name. Yeah, he is a daffy duck, and that <laughs> is a Bugs Bunny. Yeah, he's a Bugs Bunny. Uh, he's a crazy bunny. Yeah, that's that's what he is. Uh, but uh, Goofy never uh, is in a doghouse doing anything dog like. It's not that dog like anyway. Well, he's a dog though. He's Dippy Dog originally. He changed his name and. Um, you know what's what's it called at uh, you know when he during came, World War One? Well, they want to be associated with the Dippies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the Dippy movement. Uh, yeah, I, and uh, Clarabelle Cow, she's never being milked. <laughs> Thank God, no one's ever riding Horatio horse collar. Is this the? Oh, I thought his name was Horace. Oh, maybe it was Horace. Sorry, I'm thinking of his father. You're thinking of the the Greek philosopher. Yeah, Horatio horse collar. There. Yeah, it wasn't until the horse philosopher, and it wasn't until Pluto that you actually had. An animal acting like itself, but even Pluto wasn't Pluto dog. No, he was just Pluto. He's Pluto planet. <laughs> he was, yeah, Pluto dwarf planet. And then when he be- <laughs> when he got demoted from planet, he became a dog, dog star. Sure. Yeah. There you go. Because a dog star, a star is less than a planet. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. It's smaller. <laughs> no, none of the Disney uh, characters act like uh, they're you know animal. No, you're things. right. You're Whereas, right. yes, Warner Brothers. You see Bugs Bunny. He eats he's a, eating a carrot. Yeah, he does. He's in a hole. He will hop like a bunny sometimes. He will hop like a bunny. He will hide underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Daffy Duck is like swimming like a duck. Will fly south for the winter. He'll do uh, duck-like things. I will That's say, cool. however, that Porky Pig is <coughs> is a human analog. He's not at all like a pig. 
Yeah, Porky is one of those weird situations, though, like Elmer Fudd, where he went through many incarnations. Yeah. Like, Porky used to be uh, uh, very different genetically then. <laughs> I feel like por- the Porky, the original Porky, uh, didn't work out and got killed and eaten. Okay. And then they brought in a new Porky, and the yeah. new Porky knew to mind his P's and Q's. <laughs> his P's and P's. Right. And again... Yep. Uh, who was Porky's sidekick when he started? Who was Porky's sidekick when Porky started? It was uh, wasn't that Egghead guy? Was it? No, it wasn't. It was a it was a dog, and the dog's name was Beans. Okay, why? And it was pork oh, pork and, and beans. beans. I get it. That's right. Okay. That was the hilarious joke off the top. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that people like saw that sign and then laughed? I think it was. Uh, I think it was the talent show. And I think the two of them did a, a number together. It was Pork and Beans. I think that was Porky's... I believe that was Porky's first appearance. I'm not sure. You tell me. Yeah. You tell me, nerds. <laughs> you think you're beyond nerds. But uh, Porky used to look very, very different. Porky used to be much larger yes. and a much smaller head. And then Porky kind of developed almost Tweety Bird-like proportions. And then kind of like mellowed out. And now he's he does have a gigantic head and big eyes. And he's cute. And we like him. Yeah. But back in the old day, a tiny head, which we don't like. We do not care for that. No, it's not very appealing. No. It's kind of gross. Yeah. That's why uh, Robert Clampett is the grossest animator. Yeah, you see, even even with Tweety, who has, like, uh, proportions to be cute, you see when they had uh, Tweety with, like, skin, like, uh, <laughs> like Caucasian color, yeah, yeah. skin color. Yeah. And it's just, like, it looks like a plucked bird. And it's yeah. just so disturbing. Yeah, yeah. And he's always trying to murder people. <laughs> like, they're hanging for their life from a wire, and he's yeah. just plucking their fingers and enjoying it just enjoying that they're gonna fall to yes. their death <laughs> he's a son of a bitch that tweety bird and i don't know if it's male or female they played him as female later but uh, mm. i'd have to look at his pronouns <laughs> i don't know how it goes they them yeah maybe could be yeah I, i'm I, just I, guessing i don't want to i don't want to throw around pronouns yeah i don't i don't know i just know that uh, it's granny's bird and uh and he lives with sylvester the cat or Sylvester Cat. Not Sylvester the Cat. Sylvester Cat. Sylvester Cat. But do they live together? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, Sylvester's sleeping by the fireplace, looking oh, up at the okay. swinging Tweety bird. And Granny's like, I'm going out for a moment. Don't eat that bird. And uh, <laughs> like, I won't do it, Granny. And then yeah, yeah. Uh, gets up to shenanigans. <laughs> hmm. So Sylvester is cat-like. Yes, Sylvester is very cat-like. We'll hmm. try to sleep by the fireplace. Wants to cat things. Wants to eat birds and mice. Yeah. Yeah, very, very cat-like. Mm-hmm. Tweety uh, wants to be, I don't know, wants to murder people? <laughs> He's very bird-like. Yeah, wants... Birds secretly want to murder us. Yeah, they want to murder us, yeah. You've seen the documentary, The Birds. Yes. They want to murder us. Ooh, imagine the birds with all Tweeties. Ooh, that'd be creepy. That'd be kind of good, actually, if you re- replace, replace that scene with the crows with a bunch of Tweety birds behind Suzanne Plachette, I believe, it plays a teacher there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Okay, so... Now you got me thinking about replacements <laughs> okay. and things. So Psycho, Norman Bates. Yeah. Uh, Goofy. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this at you. Okay. And it, it almost seems like too obvious. Bugs. Because one, bugs means crazy. <laughs> Two, bugs likes drag. Bugs looks like a very friendly character. Yeah. And it's like, you know, yeah, I'll help you out. Yeah, go take a shower. And then uh Bugs like gets into drag, yeah. as bugs will do. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then Bugs, you can picture like Bugs out, yeah, like that'd be good. You, you, he you, comes you, into the comes into the bathroom with a knife, and then the music goes. Bwah, 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 bwah. Not a knife, though. Here's the thing. <laughs> oh, carrot. Carrot. That's it. He lifts it up and opens the thing, and it's just like, thought you might like a carrot. <laughs> and then uh, whoever's in the shower is like so scared by this. Yeah. The slips and like uh, hits their head, and that's the end of them. And it's like. I'm a murderer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so there's so there's that. Uh, what? Okay. So uh, north by uh, northwest. Who's uh, who's the lead in that then? <laughs> um, I think Donald Duck would be good at the lead in North by Northwest. Oh yeah, that's not bad. I, I think, can see him hanging off of uh, yeah uh, yeah Mount Rushmore at the end. Yeah. And just, in fact, he probably is in some cartoon already. <laughs> I just like the idea of him like reacting to the scene where he's. In the car that's the runaway car, because if you get like covered, you know, dosed with yeah. alcohol and then set knocked out and then set down the hill in the car, and yeah, being chased by the plane, too, that'd be good. <laughs> now, now, the difference between Daffy Duck mm-hmm. and Donald Duck, aside from one's actually a duck and one just has the name Duck, is uh, Daffy Duck can fly, mm. whereas Donald Duck, I believe, cannot fly. Not, yeah, he has a jacket on, so it makes it hard for him to, I think, even he takes the jacket off, I don't think he can fly. Okay. But da- Daffy Duck, every so often, he's flying south for the winter or doing some business. <laughs> That's it's very true. strange. That's true. Yeah. And it's weird. Is Daffy Duck flies south for the winter, but he never makes the, a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bugs, who's not is an, an animal that is not a migratory animal, regularly makes wrong turns at Albuquerque. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. What's going on there? And has there ever been a cartoon yeah. in, in this incredibly you know meta world that we live in now david okay it's so meta yes there's been there's been looney tunes sitcoms there's been two space jams okay has bugs bunny ever shown up in albuquerque like just had an adventure in actual albuquerque yeah i don't think so because i would like to see like crazy shit happens in albuquerque and you're like that's why he gets all messed up sure because he went through all this and then like got going the wrong way because like he had to deal with all this shit maybe yeah i kind of feel like albuquerque is sort of the warner brothers version of petaluma oh what okay who uses snoopy yeah he kind of makes a wrong term at petaluma when he's going to uh the tennis championships or whatever he gets somehow petaluma messes him up do you think that uh bugs bunny now can still make wrong turns with gps modern gps (laughs) technology well yeah yeah, because we can still make wrong turns with modern GPS. But it's trying to correct you. Like, wouldn't it be telling you if you enter your destination? Wouldn't it yeah. just be constantly yelling at him? Like, you know, hey, 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 hey. It doesn't say that. It says recalculating route or re whatever. Oh, here would be a good thing. Yeah, you know how you can get celebrity voices. I think on you your... mean hair would be a good thing. I uh, like it. Okay, that's good. <laughs> we call it hair there and everywhere. This, this cartoon. Um, Okay, so uh, you know how you can get uh, celebrity voices on your GPS? Yeah. You get one with Bugs Bunny, but anytime you go to Albuquerque, it gives you bad directions <laughs> and sends you completely the wrong, <laughs> wrong way. And wrong that's way. the one place he'll give you bad directions. Yeah, yeah. That'd be, that'd be a nice little uh, extra thing. Yeah. Yeah, I like All it. wrong turns. <laughs> People who lived in Albuquerque wouldn't like it so much, but... Bugs Bunny, another character who looked radically different when he started. Oh, for sure. But I kind of like that, um, unlike... Unlike with say Tweety Bird, I, I I quite like the 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 early the early Bugs Bunny because he was a Tex Avery Bugs Bunny. He wasn't a Robert Clampett. Right. Bugs Bunny. I was going to ask like who was the who was the originator of Bugs yeah, Bunny? Yeah, Tex Avery was the first one. And he wasn't even called Tex Avery then. He had his actual name. Oh, what was he called? I can't remember his actual name, but it's 
his last name is Avery, but it's credited to whatever his name was, George Avery or whatever. I got to look this up. Okay. <laughs> did he, did he do the thing for a while where he had his name and then had texts and quotes in the middle? I don't remember the, if that happened. Uh, Frederick Bean Tex Avery. There you go. So Fred Avery would have been his first uh, credit. I'm pretty sure. His middle name was Bean. <laughs> That's a weird name. That is a weird Bean. Is it B E A N? Yeah, B E A N. That is a curious name. Yeah. What if it was a family name? Huh. I wonder. And they're asking, like, uh, they're asking, like, did Tex Avery ever work for Disney? Did he? Maybe later. No, never did. No, nope. worked for Hanna Barbera. Ah, he wouldn't. Two years of his life, he wouldn't uh, cross that line. Guess not. Wouldn't cross the picket line. No. Ah, uh, bless him. <laughs> the House of Tomorrow. Ah, uh, Bob Clampett. That guy was ah. Uh, uh, cartoons are good. <laughs> My the one I the one Robert Clampett I love so much is the Gremlin with Bugs Bunny. Mm. That's a fun one because you get to see Bugs Bunny react to what would normally be his business. Yeah, he gets—he's the one who is the victim of of the of the of the uh, gremlin of the right. And the you can't—you can't have Bugs beat the gremlin because the gremlins affect the soldiers, and Bugs couldn't be more competent than the soldiers. Mm. So it would be wrong if just like, oh, you can outsmart the gremlin. Yeah. You could be like Bugs Bunny. No, you can't. Yeah, because yeah. the gremlins like have the ultimate power. You sure. gotta like respect them. Yeah. What's weird about that is that I think gremlins was a British term. Mm-hmm. There's like t- like Disney had gremlins as well. Yes. Well, they took they got not, they'd take it, but they it was a, based on a Roald doll story. Okay. And so they bought the rights for the story, and so it was being developed by Disney. And so I feel like maybe Warner Brothers kind of like stole stole the you know got in line first, I guess, and used gremlins. I guess it wasn't. It was a common term, so no one had a no one had a copyright. But they on look it. similar enough. You know, the designs, really? Yeah, they look kind of mm. elfin. Yeah, they're both very elfin. Mm. I, I wasn't sure whether or not it was just a direct parody of like the Disney version, but the but Warner got there first. You're saying? Yeah, right? I don't think the Disney one was ever oh. released. I think it was uh, mooted, but never actually completed. The uh, who who did the um, uh, what was the main character in their parody of uh, Three Pigs? Because they did do a parody of the Three Little Pigs, like. Uh, Looney Tunes. Okay. That was like a direct parody. They parodied though. the Silly Symphony one. Yeah, they parodied the Silly Symphony version. And, oh, okay. Uh, you know, did this little dance, and then the pig did a stupid little <laughs> dance, like looking goofy and, and what have you. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like... I don't uh, know. I'm... I don't know yeah. if I remember that one. Oh, okay. All right. I got three. I got I to gotta look this up now, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that at all. That's okay. It's interesting. When you're a little kid, you... Um, it takes you a while, but then you start to you start to realize like you start to look forward to the the names of the director, like that's what you're looking at. So, yeah. you know, if you saw like if you saw like a Droopy, you'd be like, oh, what is this character? Or like then you're like, oh, Tex Avery. Oh, okay, now I'm I'm interested in this because it's Tex Avery. Uh, the cartoon was called uh, Pigs in a Polka. Okay, and uh, it was a yeah, it was a parody of uh, Three Little Pigs and Fantasia at the same time. Ah, I it see. It was directed by Fritz Freeling, uh, written by Michael Maltese. Of course, it was. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So uh, there was no extra character like a Bugs Bunny or what have you in there. It was just a little uh, little parody thing. And I feel like oh, they did because they did another Fantasia parody, and that was the one where they had. You know the uh, maestro come out and it was uh, it looked like a very dramatic maestro and then it was uh, Elmer Fudd remember yeah, that yeah. and then it was 
the Ugly Duckling was one of the stories for that. And, uh, and something else. And I think it was called a Corny Concerto. I don't remember that much detail. Sorry. Yeah, let me take a look. Wait, yes. Corny Concerto. Oh, good for me, Ian. <laughs> Aren't I, aren't, aren't I clever? Yes, directed by uh, Bob Clampett. Despite your broken finger, you're coming through. Yeah, here. yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. And yeah, and then they did the Blue Danube Waltz yeah. with, uh, yeah, that's right. They did the Blue Danube Waltz with Daffy Duck and the Baby Swans. That was, that was it. Oh, and that was also the one with uh, uh, Porky hunting uh, Bugs Bunny, and that was done to Strauss's Tales from the Vienna Wood. Okay. So yeah, they they crammed both of them into their uh, eight minutes. Huh. And uh, yeah, yeah, that was good. Oh yeah, there was the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And they had to fight the buzzard. Uh, that uh, that uh, dumb buzzard. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Hey, let's let's rank let's rank Warner Brothers directors. Okay. So best. Oh boy, it depends whether you're going for like pure laughs or oh goddamn, I gotta go Chuck Jones. Okay. Chuck Jones. And I know Tex Avery. There's Tex Avery there. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, that's tough. <laughs> okay, how about you? Who's your number one? I think I would have to go... I think I'd have to go Chuck Jones as well. I think in terms of overall material. Yeah. You know, like in some of the... He did the Dover Boys. Yeah, that's a great one. And the Dover Boys is just pound yeah. for pound. So funny, and they barely ever play it. And it's yeah, so, yeah. so good. It is very good. I hate those Dover Boys. <laughs> okay, number two. Number two, I'm going to give to, I guess I have to go Clampett. I'm going to go Tex Avery. Yeah, I kind of thought Tex Avery too, but he wasn't there that long. And so I think Clampett has a, a bit of a longer. Are we just counting the Warner Brothers work? Or are we counting? Yeah, just, just the Warner Brothers. Oh. Yeah, just Warner Brothers. Okay. Then in which case I'll go Clampett. Then. Yeah. Because the stuff he did for MGM, you know, I really like The oh, World of, of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. House Brothers, of Tomorrow and all And the Symphony and Slang. Beautiful. The Bad Luck Blackie and yeah. Uh, yeah, so much, so much good stuff. Um, yeah, they just took him off the leash on that. Okay, so uh, so we're going we're going clap at number two. Yeah, number number three. I'll, I'll go Tex Avery for number three. Yeah, then. yeah, Tex Avery. Okay, uh, who else we got? We got Fritz Freeling and, and Robert McKimson left. I think. Oh boy! And I guess did um, they're both so TV ish to me, both of them. Yeah, yeah. I'd almost put McKimson over Fritz Freeling, which I know sounds crazy, but. To me, McKimson did some of the best uh, Daffy Duck cartoons, where Daffy was like literally Daffy, like the, mm-hmm. rather than the kind of more sitcom character that that Chuck Jones created. Yeah, this sort of more straight persona that he had, straight man persona. It's like I, I find uh, <laughs> I find Foghorn Leghorn so unfunny. Yeah, that it's it's tough because I, I I connect those uh, those together. Mm. Let's see. Oh, oh McKim- Big Top Bunny. Okay, Big Top Bunny's pr- pretty good. Is that McKimson you're looking at? That's McKimson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Acrobaty Bunny also also good. Yeah. Hillbilly Hair. You know, with the with the the Square Dance song. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, that's a great yeah. song. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Dr- oh, and Aladdin's Lamp. Okay, yeah, that one's good. Yeah, yeah. That there's, one's. There's that a lot of good ones from okay, McKimson. All right, yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. Stupid Duck. I mean, Freeling's fine, but I feel Is to me though? to me I feel like Freeling was. Kind of older than the rest of them. It feels like he, you know, it feels like he did a lot of like the Bugs Bunny, uh, the Porky Pig ones and things like that in, in an earlier time, and maybe had trouble like um, kind of catching up with the sense, the more zany sense of humor that became that kind of became their their stock and trade in the forties and fifties. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm trying to look for some good. And Fritz who wants Freeling. to watch Frizz Freeling uh, Roadrunner ones? <laughs> oh my god! And I and yeah, and then I, I totally forgot they did a whole bunch of the Speedy Gonzaleses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like, uh, ooh. 
Yeah, and, I mean, and and uh, apparently he did the largest number of cartoons in the censored eleven. Oh, what's that? What are the censored eleven? The oh, c- these are like the, the the Japanese or Nazi ones and stuff like that. Or? Uh, no, these are yeah, these are the ones that are uh, Cold offensive Black the... and you will not uh, go. Yeah, so here it goes. Um, Uncle Tom's Cabana. Yeah. So uh, number eleven, they got we got like eleven of them. Okay. Uh, Goldilocks and the Jiven Bears. All right, and that's Frizz Freeling. Sure. Uh, Angel Puss. Uh, that's uh, Chuck Jones, hmm. uh, Tin Pan Alley Cats, uh, Bob Clampett, uh, done at the same time as Cole Black and the Seven Dwarves. Uh, uh, Who directed that one? The, both of those were Bob Clampett. Okay. Hmm. Uh, All This and Rabbit Stew, Tex Avery, The Island of uh, Pingo Pongo, uh, okay, okay. Uh, that, both of those Tex Avery, Jungle Jitters, Frizz Freeling, Uncle Tom's Bungalow. <laughs> <laughs> It writes itself, Tex Avery. <laughs> yeah. uh, clean Pastures, Frisk Freeling. Sunday Go to Meetin' Time, ooh boy. And the number one, Hitting the Train for Alleluia Land. Wow. Yep. And that one was directed by Rudolf Eisling. Okay. I don't know who that is. Yeah, that's an old name. Um, it feels like a lot of those are parodies of movies that were around at that time. I guess if you're being, if you're being contemporary, like if you're... You know, mocking things. I suppose it felt okay to mock. Uh, you know, right? Yeah. Okay. So the angel plus one is a uh, is a kid who is uh, drawn in blackface style who is uh, who has to drown a cat. Ooh. And that's the start. And uh, and then the cat slips out of the bag mm. and says to him, "Yeah, go ahead. What are you gonna do? You gotta do, you gotta do it. Drown it. It's fine." Uh, and uh, the kid's name is what you think it is, and uh, and then he drowns the cat, and yeah. then the cat pretends to be a ghost through it, huh. and is haunting the kid. Oh, that's not so great. No, because everyone knows that black people are scared of ghosts. It's uh, not the best. Yep. And I'm looking now at oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I okay. I'm just <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Can... a bunch of these got released on a on a, a home video release called "Cartoons for Big Kids" that yeah. Leonard Malton hosted. Okay, and I feel like every one of the Leonard Malton intros would have been this different time. <laughs> Look, um, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. I know, but uh, they spelled seven with two okay, B's. okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, Uncle time. Tom's Bungalow uh, had animation by Chuck Jones, but yeah, it was directed by Tex Avery. Going under the name Fred. Yeah, that was early. Yeah. 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 All right. That's why he changed his name. <laughs> escape, yeah. escape that. That was on that. So uh, <laughs> there you are and there you are. It's all, it's all fine, 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 fine. <sighs> if only our heroes were perfect. Mm-hmm. Then what would they be? They it would be humans. It is funny. I was watching uh, the other day because I was, you know, waiting for uh, whatever show I was waiting for on Disney Plus, you know, to start. And it's like, okay, what? what's that? What? I was wa- watching for, you know, so I, I think watching for the bear or, or She-Hulk or something okay. to start at midnight. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you, like, hang there on tender hooks waiting for the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like, it sounded like you're watching, like, an old-time, te- like, watching this television. You know, it is kind of like that because yeah. it's like, all right, well, now uh, Only Murders in the Building starts at uh, midnight. So what time is it now? Okay, it's 10 to. What are some shorts I could watch in the mm-hmm. meantime? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Schoolhouse Rock. All right, let's watch some Schoolhouse Rocks. And you watch the number ones and goes, these are great. 
These sure. all hold up. Sure. You know what? I think they pretty much all hold up. These are great. What do we got next? America Rock. Okay, let's watch some. Oh, boy. No. <laughs> like, they're all real catchy songs, but. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer the grammar and the and the number ones. Those are, I think, the, the purest. Yeah. The history ones were later on. They came after the the numbers and the, and the, uh, came after the number ones and the math ones, and they came after the grammar ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're right. It went uh, multiplication rock, grammar rock, then America rock, then mm-hmm. science rock, then computer rock, yeah, then money rock, then earth rock. Yeah, I think the first two are the <laughs> where the where the gold is, and then you gets a bit gets a bit sketchy. After that. You know what would be great? Again, I'm saying great, yeah. and I'm pitching an idea. Sure, rock rock, and then you just like have just like. The name was the Beatles, and they were some nice boys. Johnny was playing his guitar. But then Paul came along, and he had a good time. And, and you just show how these bands came together. Sure. You know. But then the drummer tried heroin, <laughs> and that was the end of the drummer. But the new beat came along, and the new drummer took a song, and <laughs> Feels a little, feels a little glib. Yeah, and the song and the music has to be in no way close to what the music I, has to be there. I saw where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah that was not uh, Beatlesque at all. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was. No, at all. No triplets. Being her played. name was Janice Joplin, and she liked her shang. <laughs> Ring a ding a ding ding ding. That's right. She oh like... fuck! Rock rock just makes me smile so hard. I really want to see that now. Okay. <laughs> Oh dear! Now, grammar rock was uh, was really good for teaching you uh, odd things that you still remember to now. You remember what an adjective is? You remember what a conjunction is? You damn well know what a conjunction is. <laughs> it's very very effective. Yeah, yeah. It was. Do you remember what the tale of Mister Morton was? I do not know. That was subject and uh, predicate. That's not one that stuck out of my mind. It sure, it wasn't. Oh, that came along in '93. That's, That's why. why. Okay, well then, don't give me that garbage. How about Rufus Xavier Sarsaparilla? Which one did that? What did that teach you? It's so important in today's day and age. Really? Yeah, pronouns. Okay. <laughs> Don't remember that one. I remember Lolly Lolly, obviously. Interjections, mm. conjunction. Um, okay, let's see if you can name the rest of them. Good, okay. So you've got uh, Lolly Lolly Lolly. You got that one. Yeah. Rufus Xavier, we've already covered. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one you said? Interjection. Interjections. That's conjunction, right. junction. Excitement or emotion. Hallelujah. Okay. Hallelujah. All right, keep going. Conjunction, junction, we've already covered that. Yeah. All right, what else we got? Oh, uh, verb. Verb, super, that's what's super, happening. Yeah, with the super verb guy. Yeah. Um, One of these oh, is very uh, hard. Nouns are a person, place, or thing. That's everywhere right. Everywhere they're together. Yeah, I find it quite interesting. Nouns, a person, place, or thing. And now the last one, it's very, very hard to remember. It's very, very hard? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I can. Unpack your adjectives. Oh, that's a good one, though. That's a good one. Yep. But it's a hard one to remember. It is a hard one to remember. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's good. Yeah, did pretty well. And then you can watch Computer Rock and just see stuff that's like uh, all out of date. Yeah, I was going to say that's a problem with that. Just taking your computer and take that tape, take the cassette and put it in there. Well, it's time now to clear everyone from the phones because no one can be on the phone for six hours. All right, now y'all, you ready for the internet? Buckle on up, take a lot of time. <laughs> Are you sure no one needs the phone for six more hours and there's no emergencies in the house? Right. Oops, someone picked the phone up. Isn't that a pity? You just lost your connection to GeoCity. <laughs> 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 
That's the sound of the future. The sound of the future. <laughs> it's like strangling a swan. A beautiful swan. Interestingly, it is still the sound of the future in the Matrix. Yeah, it is. A lot of phone stuff in that. Yeah. Money Rock, uh, you know, actually. I, I, I can see the value of that. Yeah, I can see Money Rock. That makes sense. In fact, the first one's called Dollars and Cents, which is about interests and loans. Then the next Good one is, learn. these are all the things I was complaining about, you know, yes, before right. yes. that I wish I'd known. Taxman Max yeah. is about taxes. Yeah. And these are all still, still, you had a lot of uh, uh, the same people who did them in the 70s doing them. Yeah. So, you know. I think Bob Duro had dropped out by that point, but. Uh, no, no. Oh, he's still writing? He did Tyrannosaurus Debt <laughs> about the budget deficit. <laughs> good, good, and he right. also did uh, This for That, which is Barter in the History of Currency. Oh. Oh, he also did. Oh, he did two more. Oh, wow. He also did dollars and cents about interest and loans, and yeah. he did the checks in the mail about using checks. Wow. He did. He, frankly, he did most of them. Oh, wow. That's, that's yeah. good. Good for him. As you know, I'm a bit of a fan of Bob Duro. In fact, yep. Bob Duro mm-hmm. uh, stuck it out to 2009. Wow. And um, did Earth Rock. And uh, yeah, music by Bob Duro for the first one. Uh, and he did Report from the North Pole about climate change. Gee. And then performed it as well. Yeah. yeah, he did a lot of performance. He's the voice for Lolly Lolly Lolly. Oh shit, he did three more. He did three more <laughs> in Earth Rock. He also did Windy and the Windmills about okay. wind power. Wow. Don't be a carbon sasquatch. That one's pretty good. <laughs> that one is pretty good. Uh, about carbon footprints. Okay. And the three R's, which are reduce, reuse, and recycle. Huh. But he didn't sing uh the three R's, but he did sing Don't Be a Carbon Sasquatch, which yeah. is uh you know what? I'm going to probably give you that uh, video and uh, maybe we'll put that one up. Okay. Okay. Sounds fun. Because you want to have a big footprint. You're right. You're right. Thanks, Bob. There you are. Thank you for your service. Big part of my childhood there. Mm-hmm. What What else did he do? What was his uh, What was his origin story? Where did they find Bob Duro? What's his background? <laughs> well, he was started off as like a jazz singer. He had played piano and would sing in, you know, bar like a piano bars and stuff like that right which weirdly was like a, a, a way to make a good living like if you were in like new york city or in a major city in those in the 50s and 60s and he worked with miles davis so says the internet yes he did he sang a, a song i played on one of the sneaky dragon christmas shows I played, oh nice i played blue christmas which featured bob duro and miles davis and then he um he's kind of a man of all all, all trades like he what's interesting to me of course is that I like you know I liked him a lot, not knowing who he was, but I loved what he was doing with the with the schoolhouse rock stuff when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I loved all those songs that he sang, you know, lolly lolly and stuff. And then later on, when I was you know older and I was uh, listening to like the Fugs and Holy Motor Rounders to see Bob Duro's name on those their albums. So he he um, did the vocal arrangements for the Fugs on it crawled into my hand, honest, and then he produced. The uh, Holy Motor Rounders album, Good Taste is Timeless. Oh, cool. And so that's just seems crazy that you know, he's just like, you know, oh, I'm probably recommended by, you know, by the Fugs or whatever. You know, I have no idea what the connection was there at all. But he was also like, a, I don't know, just a, he was a good singer. And then obviously grammar school or the grammar rock stuff. I think that that kind of gave him like a, a lifetime annuity that he could just rely on. Here was something that he did, and now I understand a joke. Okay. And I'm happy with this. Okay. First of all, I like that he lived a long time. He lived in 94. Yeah. He uh, just passed away a couple of years ago. Um, yes. But he also did uh, a few uh, Music Minus One albums. 
Oh, I don't know what those are. Okay, Music Minus One albums. Oh, okay. Now you're understanding a joke, right? Yes, uh, Albert Brooks' album. Yeah, that's right. So uh, it was founded in 1950, uh, uh, and what they would do is they would uh, put out music, but minus one part. Yeah. So they'd minus the singer, or minus the piano, or minus something. Yeah. And then it was for people to practice music to. Sure. So it was Music Minus One, so whatever yeah. you were... You know, that element would be uh, missing from this uh, music, and they would sell you the album. Yeah. And so, you're right. Albert Brooks did Comedy Minus One, which was a parody of Music Minus One. Yes. And we never got that until today. <laughs> we just got an Albert Brooks joke today. Hooray, hooray for us. Well, I, I got what he was doing, but I didn't yeah. I didn't realize it was a parody it was of something. A, a parody of a thing that existed yeah, yeah. and would have existed when he was a youth and he would be very familiar with. Sure, sure. Yeah, but apparently all these... Um, uh, you know, like Max Roach and what have you, uh, would would have uh, done these albums and they would have made money off these albums, which were their work. Oh, Max Roach, jazz drummer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would, yeah, they hired like all these legends in music, mm. and uh, they would just uh, they would do this, and that's how they'd make some dough. Yeah, music minus one. <laughs> that's so there we go. Now we've all uh, learned uh, learned something today. Hooray for us. Well, that's what's great when when t- times are flush, when the and record companies can just throw money around, or corporations, I guess I should say, can just throw money around and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Some people benefit from that. Nice, nice. Like it's weird. Like I was thinking about that after like after last week's show when we played the John Spencer Blues Explosion. We played Bell Bottoms by them. Right. And what's in- fascinating about that song to me is that it has strings on it, and you're like, they weren't a, they were did fine. But they weren't like a super successful band. But they're, the 90s was such a flush time in the music industry, like the record industry, because they're making so much money from CD sales that, well, we'll just throw a little bit of money your way. You can have a string, some string arrangements on this album. We'll pay for some players to come in and, and you know, which, you know, nowadays is almost inconceivable that someone at that level would get that kind of A&R support, that they would get money to, yeah. to have uh, big strings. You know, sure, you could have your friend come in and play cello or whatever, but they're not going to, uh, you know, what's weird about those candies that you're just eating now and making a lot of noise. With? I'm sorry about this, but, uh, Dave, I have a broken bone. Yeah. It's very sugar. important for me to have sugar. Yeah, it is. You need the energy for, for my broken bone. Dave. Yeah. 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 But what's weird about those. Okay. They're, they're using the sour, sour, uh, patch kids, uh, logo, yeah. but they're not sour patch kids. They're sour cherry blasters. So apparently, mm. which used to be their own thing, there used to be oh. their own packaging as Sour Cherry Blasters. But I guess Sour Patch Kids are so popular now that they just like rebrand other flavors under under Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, fair enough. Because they're not even like shaped like Sour Patch Kids. They're just they're shaped like the Cherry Blasters. They're right? also not very sour. They're not sour enough. They need to be sour. Mm. You think so? Nah. I'm not a big fan of too sour. I like okay. I like the sour flavor, but when you get those ones and it's like radioactive sour or whatever yeah, thing yeah. Of that and you have it and you're just like oh it's, it's like so hot much that go too far yeah and it's just like oh it's like makes your tongue kind of curdle a little bit and then and then it's you're just kind of left with nothing do you know what i like i like that bob duro uh his estate yes uh, just made some money off of uh, a marvel movie that's nice to know really how why uh because they did uh for um spider-man no way home the uh, end credits is three is a magic number oh that's right yeah that's good he wrote that song too so mm-hmm. good for him that's a very touching one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good song to use at the end of that Blind movie. Melon did a, a cover of that. That's right. And then, uh, who is who's it? Is it Della Soul who uh, did the, this version? Uh, oh, the version they used? Yes, I think yeah. you're right. Yes, yes. They, they, 
did, <laughs> the unfortunate thing about De La Soul is that they didn't just like, they just didn't like, uh, what's the word? Like they didn't use it and, and sort of, and sort of change it in a creative way. They would just like, like blatantly all out just use the song. They would just like basically play the song mm-hmm. behind them, you know, and then just talk over it and talk over it. They did that with the, the turtle song, happy, one of the turtles, I think happy together, something like that. And then the, they got sued not by the turtles because the turtles don't own the the. Uh, someone said they got sued by the turtles, but the turtles don't actually own the copyright for that song. They didn't write it or anything. They oh, performed. Okay. They did perform it, but I don't even own that right. The rights for that. So and someone, you know, are they whoever, still alive? By the way, uh, Flo and Eddie. Yes, yeah, yeah. Good. Howard Keep Volman it and Keep it up. Sorry, Howard Kale, Kale, uh, Howard Kalen and Mark Volman are still alive. Mm-hmm. The reason they became Flo and Eddie is they could not legally use their names to perform after they after the turtles broke up. The record company owned their names. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? What a time. So inf- so crazy. I mean, no one, I shouldn't say no one, but very few people escaped with their with their lives in that mm-hmm. time period because no one knew anything. Even the Beatles got, got fucked over. Right. And I would say that Brian Epstein was probably like the most honorable manager that work, was working at that time period. And I think any kind of fucking over the Beatles got was mostly inadvertent, but... You know, they got fucked over. Well, the whole system is designed to screw people. Yeah, over. yeah, yeah. You can only do so much. Exactly. Yeah, like you know, you're like, oh, you need a music publisher. Do you? Do you need? Can't you just be your own music publisher? Because that's what lots of people did. But nope, you need a music publisher. Let's go down to see Dick Jaws, and that's, that's his name. In uh, and all you need is, is or what is it? Oh, the Ruddles one anyway. Okay. Um, they call him Dick Jaws, but yeah, Dick James. So they went down to Dick James and signed with him. And created Northern Music, blah blah blah. But Dick James still owned like a the majority percentage of their of their songwriting. Okay, who who owns uh, the Beatles' music now? Sony. Okay, because Michael Jackson's estate owed them a lot of money, so they got the Beatles catalog as recompense. So yeah, it will never be owned by the Beatles. Oh, ever. Why? Yeah, why? why? It, would, it makes no sense to Sony to sell it if it's a, for a good price. Yeah, it wouldn't make no sense for them to sell it. I mean, but here's the thing, though. Yeah. Sony isn't going to be Sony forever. Like, it's going to be, something's going to, like, eat up Sony. Yeah, it's possible. Whole, and then whatever <laughs> that thing is, it's conceivable yeah. that they're going to fuck up and they're going to need some dough in the future because who the hell knows what's going on? Sure. But and then you're like, wait a second, who's in charge? The Discovery Channel. Mm-hmm. What the hell is going on with the world? There's only two Beatles left. What's though. happening that two. we know of? <laughs> There's only two Beatles left. So, How many? Yeah, uh, so. Let me ask you this: mm. How many fifth Beatles are left? How many people who have had the title uh, of think, fifth Beatle are left? I don't think any of the fifth Beatles are left. Is uh, Pete Best gone? He's not a fifth Beatle. Okay. Is uh, Yoko Ono gone? <laughs> That's kind of mean to say. Pete Best, I think, is still alive. Yoko Ono's still around, but I don't think of her as a fifth Beatle. Okay. All not right. not to be mean to her. I, I like fine. her a lot, but I I uh, don't think of her as a fifth Beatle. All right. But uh, you know the ones the ones that George Martin's gone, Brian Epstein's gone. Uh, Peter, uh, sorry, um, Neil Aspinall is gone. Okay, I'm gonna go with. The, I'm gonna go through a list of people who have uh, had the title the Fifth Beatle. Okay, okay. And you're gonna. I do have to say if they were, or we're not. Yeah, or... you agree, disagree. Okay, ready? Okay, here we go. Sure. Stuart Sutcliffe. Oh yeah, but he's he's passed away. Okay. But I would say Fifth Beatle. All right, sure. you can also say if they passed away or not. Yeah. Uh, Pete Best. Yes, he would be at count as a Fifth Beatle. All right. Chaz Newby. No. Jimmy Nickel. No. Brian Epstein. Yes. George Martin. Yes. Neil uh, Aspinall. Yes. Derek Taylor. No. Tony Sheridan. No. Andy White. No. Billy he- Preston. Hmm. No. Eric Clapton. No. David Dedrick. <laughs> no. Okay, very good. That's it. <laughs> 
Let's out Ellen. Uh, what was the guy's name? That that uh, the guy who the guy who actually coined it, the DJ, the New York DJ, Murray the K. Murray the K. I left him off the list. He was the actual one that coined the idea of being a fifth Beatle. Oh, neat. Before that, there was like Tony, like Stuart Sutcliffe was, was literally the fifth Beatle. There was five members in the band when he was in the group, but. But I guess I know you know what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna include Pete Best in that no no he was the fourth Beatle I guess it went for a while but he was never the fifth Beatle I'm taking you off the list he's off the list all right very good uh, what superhero okay uh, was a parody did a parody yeah of Murray the King what superhero did a parody superhero did a parody of uh, uh, Murray the K in a comic book in 1966 Superman yeah right and what was his name what was the parody he did. Uh, what was the parody called? Sorry. Oh, yeah, what was the parody name of uh, the of uh, what did Superman call his Murray the K character? Um, did he call it Clark the K? Yes, it was Clark the K. <laughs> That's pretty good. And he um and he wore a monocle. Okay. <laughs> and he was in England at the time, and I see. yeah, he had a secret identity where he was uh, Clark the K, and he was okay. a DJ, and all the British kids were like, "Ooh." <laughs> It's like that's funny, and he would say things like, "And now, whilst the three twists entertain you with their latest platter, I'll slip out for a pot of tea." Ooh, smoked smoked marijuana. I didn't know that. Ah, uh, maybe. And the kids go, "He's gear. Listening to him is a blooming lark. This clock, the K, is jolly well great. He is." <laughs> yep. Ah, uh, fun. Yeah, it's fun. He had to. Uh, he had to go there to do some uh, Superman business. And, and so, that. so is there a Beatles type group in this? Uh... Yep. Story. The group is the Mutations, mm. uh, and they wore horror masks, and that was their gimmick. There was also the Piccadilly Jay- Jailhouse Trio. <laughs> the Piccadilly yeah, Jailhouse they're, uh, Trio. Yeah, they're hooligans, they is. Yeah, they're, they're, that's the Rolling Stones, I guess, in this story. Oh, uh, possibly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, the Mutations are pretty good. My favorite name for a Beatles-type group is uh, one, from one of those beach movies, The Potato Bugs. <laughs> I just enjoy that. I don't know why. Did you, yeah, did you ever uh, do a thing on uh, Beatles knockoffs in pop culture? No. In, uh, in on, on anything you've done? Yeah. No. Well, there was the, what was it? Uh, on the Flintstones, there was bug music, uh, okay. which the hillbillies hated. I remember that. Uh, there was on Gilligan's Island. Uh, oh, what was it? It was Bingo, Bango, Bongo, and Irving. But I don't know what the name of uh, the band was. I remember that now, too. But yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying to think what they what they were. I'm sending you a Murray the uh, or sorry a Clark the K uh, clip. Uh, yeah, I feel like there were so many parodies of uh, oh of, yeah all, of all the because it's no different than all the knockoff Beetle Bigs and everything else. I mean, whatever you did that had some sort of Beatles connection to it, whether it was a parody or actual, that was interesting to people at that time. So you know, you're making fun of it, but you're also cashing in on it. You know, like. Like the potato, like the potato bugs in that beach movie, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't be there unless people were interested in. A but British it would be group. interesting to hear the knockoff songs, like yeah, in, in all yeah. this, because they all did have Beatles style knockoff mm-hmm, songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fine. I mean, obviously the the best Beatles knockoff is the Monkees, mm-hmm. you know? and they were a total knockoff of the of what the Beatles were, not what they what they had been, but not what they were. If that makes sense to people, right? By the time the monkeys started, the Beatles were already like past where the monkeys were imitating them, which is kind of like help era Beatles. By that point, the Beatles were already like revolver era Beatles. Yeah, yeah, they were moving so fast. They're moving so fast. Yeah, they left that time, that image and everything else behind. That's interesting when your parody 
you know, uh, the thing you're parodying just like whips by so much faster than, uh, <laughs> than you can. That's interesting. You're, yeah, you can't uh, you can't hit a moving target. Well, this um, David gave me uh, the the uh, Get Back DVD the other day. Okay. The three disc collection on Blu-ray and uh, it's just interesting because the cover is 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 a it's a it's kind of a mix of the two you know the red and blue um, kind of best of Beatles albums mm-hmm. and, and the red one has the original 1964 or 63 picture I guess of them at you know for the Please Please Me album and then the blue one used the intended picture for Get Back which was John Lennon's idea that they posed the same way as they were at the, as they were in 1968 right. late you know. And you look at those, and that's sixty-three, yeah, and sixty-eight. That's five years. And you look at the pictures, and it's just insane the the change. Like you know, I'll be honest, I have not changed that much in, in my life. Like you could put a picture of me in my twenties to me now, and my hair and pretty much my way I dress and everything would look exactly exactly the same. But they, you know, they went from wearing like suits with short hair or shortish yeah. hair. You know, they they did have long hair. Put that in quotation marks. But when you get to like the the sixty-eight picture. You know, John Lennon's hair is like down past his shoulders and he's got a big giant beard and he's wearing his granny glasses. It's interesting to see how fast your hair can grow. <laughs> that, yeah, that and just, you know, just how much the, the style and everything else changed, you know. Okay, here's a couple more. Okay. Uh, so uh, on the Gilligan's Island, they were the Mosquitoes. Okay. And their song was Don't Bug Me. Mm-hmm. Okay, pretty good. Uh, our, the best part of that is Bingo Bango Bongo and Irving. Yeah. Uh, Chad and Jeremy mm. uh, played a Beatles-style band on the Dick Van Dyke Show. What were they called? I remember that, but I don't remember the name of them. The Redcoats. Redcoats. Got it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, okay, and on um, uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Okay. Looks like the band was, oh, wait, is it the Beverly Hillbillies? Some some band, but, yeah, they were the Bed Bugs. Okay. Uh, there was also uh, the B-Sharps. On uh, on Simpsons? the on the Simpsons. Yes. Uh, let's see. I got the Standells here, but I'm not sure what what they were on. Hmm. Uh, Phil Spector was in I Dream of Jeannie. It was kind of some kind of like band. Okay. Uh, that uh, that they yeah it was Spector, Boyce, and Hart were oh, on okay. uh, I Dream of Jeannie. So uh, Boyce and Hart were a big part, big big behind the scenes with the monkeys. Yeah, and sorry, the Bedbugs were played by the Factory. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, on on uh, on Get Smart, yep. it was the Sacred Cows. Okay, <laughs> man, I just want to, I just want like to to hear like all of the, all of the knockoff songs like in a row and just see how they work. Oh, of course, you know they had uh, it wasn't the Beatles, but you know they had hippies on Star Trek. Okay, which you know eh, I don't know how, <laughs> how much. Oh, okay, the Standells were on the Bing Crosby show. Okay, and uh, they did uh, they did uh, that kind of riff. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see. That's oh nice. yeah, uh, they're going the Beatles from Sesame Street. B E E. Okay. Yeah. 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 Where they sang Letter B. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it was uh, yeah the Bug music, uh, the mosquitoes from the Flintstones. This yeah. must have been before Dirty Water for the Standells that they were uh, appearing as a Beatles imitation. On. Yeah. There's also uh, Spinal Tap did uh, a very Beatles ish. Uh, version of themselves. Okay, so there in the in the movie, I would yeah, yeah, they're more a, of a Rolling Stones kind of a thing. I thought, but well, what was it? Uh, Cups and cakes. Oh, okay, maybe that was like a yeah, I guess sort of a late 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 era or mid era. And did Spinal Tap was it the Give Me Some Money? Was that uh, that's was more that of a Rolling Stones one, I think. Is but I guess it's based on the 
based on on it on like uh yeah uh money uh that's well, money. what i want yeah this yeah. is called money but yeah but i always i always think that they seem more like a rolling stones band than they seem like a beatles band okay yeah. either and or either so anyway that was a little bit of not at all the beatles <laughs> and, and so did you watch the uh did you watch uh, the the blu-ray i have not it's it's just it's it's nothing extra on it oh really it's just the movie okay so it's it has no make... behind the scenes no peter no, jackson no. telling you a little something about no nothing so i said to lisa i said i said this is good for now but you know, obviously like in a couple of years they'll be releasing like a one with two hours, further two hours of of stuff on it, and, yeah, and, and a half hour for Lord of the Rings extras. I'm like, what the? What the what's <laughs> this about? No Hobbit extras. Oh my god, we had no. to get rid of these somehow. Which uh, wasn't that? Uh, yeah, the Beatles were going to do the Hobbit, right? They were going to do Lord of the Rings. They were going to do Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh boy, that would have been interesting. Everyone loves Lord of the Rings. That was when Lord of the Rings became popular. Was in the sixties. Okay. Before that time, it was a thing. And who was going to uh, be uh, Bilbo? I'm not sure. I think John wanted to be Gollum. Really? Yeah. And okay. be Frodo. He wanted to be Frodo. Frodo's the main, the main Hobbit. Oh yeah. Sorry about that, Frodo. Yeah. Uh, who? So who? Who would have been Gandalf? Would that have been George? George would be good. George would be a good Gandalf. I think Paul would be a good Frodo. And then Ringo would have to be Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was going to like. I mean, I see Ringo was a Hobbit immediately. Mm-hmm. That that totally works. Yeah. And okay. Then Vic- Victor Spinetti would have would have been a good ceremony, uh, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. So who's the eye of Sauron? <laughs> I say, you know what? I'd say the CBS eye. Just hire this that eye. <laughs> Bring that eye in. Yeah, from uh, from the Ed Sullivan show. And so it's uh, it's constantly okay. the uh, the eye from the Ed Sullivan show yeah. is there up there and just like you know, it's watching us at all times. This is this is Britain, so it'd be Private Eye magazine would be the eye of Sauron. Okay, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, instead, anytime the eye sees them, yeah, it's oh, oh, you know what it has to be, yeah. Okay, so so yes, 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 yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So who are the uh, the uh, kind of wraith like uh, creatures that like uh, are hunting them down? The ring, hide- the ring wraiths. Ring wraiths. Yeah. Ring wraiths are played by teenage girls. That'd be good. Yeah. So they have it's to hide eye. behind the log and they're some, ah! yeah, 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 yeah. Get some get some twiggy like models to mm-hmm. uh, to play the ring wraiths and then eleanor braun could play uh, galadriel yeah i was gonna ask like who who plays the elves like it would ideally be a band like a specific mm. band that would play the elves because mm. then you want to break it down into like what band is the dwarves what band are the elves <laughs> yeah that's a good question most most british bands are dwarves anyway so yeah yeah it's hard to find too many uh hmm a, a, an elven like band yeah, who were a very pretty band. Really pretty. Maybe slim. Good looking band. Yeah. Okay, let's go with uh, some some dumpy uggos <laughs> that are uh, also charming and you like them. And they're the dwarves. <laughs> How about the band the uggos? <laughs> yes, the uggos. I don't wanna I don't wanna call a yeah, band yeah, uggos. That's, that's not very nice. Uh yeah, I can't uh... I'm just gonna go with the turtles then as the dwarves. Oh yeah, I, I keep thinking in terms of British because of uh, just because of, I think of the Beatles and as a British band, and the sh- movie would most likely be filmed there, and so yeah. they would be drawing from that. But yes, yes, definitely. The, <laughs> unfortunately for the Turtles, who could have been one of the biggest bands of the '60s, but uh, were rather stymied by their dwarvish. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> dwarvish looks. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, uh, if you can think. Yeah, who they think of? A, yeah, yeah think a, of a pretty band. Yeah, good looking. Uh, oh, wait, wait a second. Uh, but you have to have men and women in the band too. Okay. Like good. it couldn't just be 
So like the new searchers, I don't know. Like I have no idea. Like you need to, you need to have both. All right. like, It'll come to you. Yeah. It'll pop into. The your reason head. I said Eleanor Braun is because she's in uh, Help. So. Yeah, I'm going to be reading like uh, our our uh, mail. Okay. And you're going to go oh. <laughs> and you're going to immediately go all right, you know, whatever the all band right. is. That's so fun. We're probably having people. So sorry to tell. Sorry to tell people I don't have uh, Dork Shadows this week because uh, it, well, we had a holiday on Monday. And that kind of threw me in terms of my planning yeah. of the week. So, so like Monday was a nil day, and then Tuesday, what did I do? Tuesday? Oh, I went and saw a movie on Tuesday. I went and saw e- uh, Emily the Criminal. Oh with, yeah, yeah, uh, with Aubrey, uh, Aubrey Plaza. Plaza. Yeah, very good film. Oh nice. Yeah, kind of a character study sort of a thing. Like it's not it's not funny or anything. It's just a serious movie. It was interesting to see that she produced it. Was one of the co-producers. So it feels like she's kind of moving her own career along. I like it. Uh, I like, uh, we also, we saw um, uh, 3,000 Years of Longing. Oh, yeah. What do you think of that? First of all, let me just say, uh, we saw it uh, for $3 each because it was a a Cineplex uh, cinema celebration day. And so all tickets were three bucks. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And we saw it at the VIPs for like three bucks. Oh, oh, that's nice. Cool. Uh, Really good. Really good. It It was just one of these films where you're just watching, oh, I'm watching a movie. This is nice. This is like a lot of movie. And it was George Miller, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, directed and and yeah. wrote uh, at least co-wrote mm-hmm. wrote it, and uh, and yeah, damn, just kept unfolding. It really felt like a Terry Gilliam movie set now. Okay, that kind of thing where just yeah. like more stuff happens, more stuff happens. You see characters that you would not see in a mainstream movie normally. Yeah, like wow, and then it's like so many endings where you're like, now we're done, now we're done, now we're done, now we're done. But you're not bugged because it's like, it's still so interesting and you're just like, oh, I'm rooting for people. Uh, But what's it going to be? What could it be? But it's, uh, yeah, it was very, very interesting and well worth seeing. And good to to see in a theater. Yeah. If you miss seeing like, you know, it was that kind of feeling of going to see Baron uh, von Munchausen, yeah, and like, oh, what a interesting world to see. Spectacular, yeah, yeah, spectacular world. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, I love that movie. George Miller uh, is one of those directors that I always like to say uh, it's one of the directors that does what I like, which is gives a fuck. Mm. And like from the start, you're just like <laughs> gives a fuck. And yeah, like, yeah, okay. First thing you see, yeah, here we go, yeah. Nothing is just padding. It's just like, go, go, go. It's like, everything's yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. Interesting. Okay. We also saw um, Bullet Train. Lisa and I went and saw Bullet Train. Okay, we're thinking of seeing it. Mm. And see it or no? I mean... That sounds like no. No, no. Uh, no sounds no. like it. Sounds like no. I, I could, I'm going to give it a guarded yes, because okay. I feel like it's, you know, it's sort of like one of those movies kind of like, it's up to you if this is the sort of movie you enjoy. But I, I enjoyed it. It's kind of like a '90s movie. Okay, you know, it's got it's that one of those sort of things where horrible things are happening, but it has that kind of like ironic distance to all the stuff. You know, it's not like super horrible, but it's kind of violence is happening. But it's just kind of like you know, there's a lot of flashbacks to things to explain something, and you know, and, and sort of kind of goofy subtitles and or little titles for chapter titles or whatever. And but you know, if you enjoy Brad Pitt and um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. And um, I can't remember anyone else. Well, that's okay. I don't need to know anyone else. Just in case, you know, they're surprised. Yeah. Like, if you enjoy, the, you know, those kind of performances, then, or, or those actors doing, having fun and stuff like that. Like, it's, you know, it's a, All right. it's like a, when I it's saw a breezy the, movie. When I saw the trailer, I was like, uh, oh, uh, shot during COVID times, huh? Like, it looked like a lot of scenes <laughs> with, like, two people mm. 
but a lot of shots to now we're shooting this person, now we're shooting this person, now okay. we're shooting this person, okay. now we're shooting this person. Yeah. Like, Could okay, be. COVID, 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 COVID. Now a fight scene. Mm. And now COVID, 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 COVID. I'm watching um, The Old Man on uh, Disney Plus, and uh, it does feel like that too, where there's a lot of dialogue between two people. Okay. And then like a fight scene, but it's just two people up real tight and doing stuff, but uh, still well worth it. And yeah. Lots of good, lots of good twisteroos. Yeah, um, no, it has a fun, it's a fun film. Like Lisa and I enjoyed it. All right, I will go see it then. So last week on the show, Dave. Yes. Last week on the show, mm-hmm. we talked about uh, many things. Uh, you know, we we had a, an argument. <laughs> we came back from the argument. Yeah. Uh, things happened. Uh, I, I, just, I said, like, uh, I need to break a bone for sympathy next time. <laughs> um, and we asked questions. And two of the questions we asked was, what's scarier to you, physical danger or psychological danger? Yeah. Also, what are you doing to enjoy the last days of summer? There we go. Uh, we have, let me just make sure that I'm not missing a thing. Uh, no, I don't think I'm missing anything. Uh, Lisa, uh, the co-host of Horse Mysteries, <laughs> wrote us and said, Yes. Uh, my immediate reaction to the question uh, was psychological danger is scarier since I don't like uh, things like horror movies, etc. But upon reflection... I decided it was actually physical danger that is scarier. I chose not to expose myself to psychological danger as it makes me tense. I have, as a matter of course over my life, enjoyed things that many consider physically dangerous. Uh, competing in three-day eventing. Driving fast cars fast. Riding racehorses. Uh, moguls skiing. Uh, riding the roller coaster. Breaking horses. Traveling to Hong Kong during the 2019 riots, etc. And then I decided that those calculated risks, many of which I had prepared for often through skill, which uh, many I decided that those are calculated risks, many of which I had prepared for often through skill, which resulted in the risks being minimized. However, in mm. many other aspects of my life, physical things scare me more, especially those to do with water and swimming. Yes. Uh, for uh, the end of summer, I am stocking up and wrapping up in every way I can to prepare for the fall uh, when I will have no extra time or energy as I will be working two jobs full-time, seven days a week, 12-plus hours a day for three months straight and have to go to two different barns to look after my horses outside of that long work day with the added com- uh, complication of two eye surgeries in that time that will limit my ability to do the things I normally have to do in the course of my regular day. Oh, and Dave will be away in Europe for part of it, so I'll be all on my own with no one to step in and help out if I'm needing it. So adding some nervous sweating into that as well. Yeah. Okay, well, we're wishing you the best on that. Don't sweat into your eyes while you're uh, <laughs> yes, don't having sweat. the surgery. Yeah. I've had eye surgery. It's, it was interesting. It's quite interesting. It's like, hmm, that's interesting. And it seemed like people really knew what they were doing. I, uh, that made me feel confident. Maybe that, that is a good feeling. Yeah. We're like, oh, they know what they're doing. Also had a Valium for the very first time. I was like, this is pretty good. <laughs> Edward Dragansky writes us a Lord of the Rings length letter. <laughs> and I'm all for it. Let me take a sip of drink before yes, I begin. Please uh, wet your whistle. <sighs> Here we go. I missed you guys last week. I was at the doctor or dentist and scared as hell. <laughs> I'm like David and have fallen asleep during a root canal twice. I think that speaks highly of the dentist, too. I also agree with Ian, whereas I'm less likely to enjoy a doctor's visit because there's more things that could go wrong. I'm due to go in on the 14th and can't say I'm looking forward to it. I think I might have some prostate problems. Uh-oh. Well, we wish you the best of luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, when my David, yes, you're eating candy while we're talking about prostates. <laughs> yes, sorry about that. No, it's okay. It's good luck. <laughs> uh, when my kids were younger, the first thing my daughter and I would do when we arrived at the Texas State Fair was to get a sausage on a stick. It's kind of like our breakfast. Uh, there were a few other uh, foods to check off the list, but sausage on a stick was always first up. Afterwards, it was all games, fun houses, and rides. Maybe the car show, too, or the dogs that catch frisbees, and definitely the petting zoo. <laughs> super dogs. I miss doing that with my kids when they were little. Yeah, I saw the super dogs to do uh, the little frisbee catch. That was great. Yeah, they teach you how to do it with your dog. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment you mentioned you were uh, playing songs about bell bottoms, I thought to myself, I wonder if Dave is playing that thing from Baby Driver. So, yeah! <laughs> Guilty as charged, but loving every minute of it. That damn bass in the song. It's so squelchingly loud and great. And I have to <laughs> yes. elaborate on the cautionary effects of physical danger leading to psychological danger. I survived a car accident, which was a very much a physical experience. Had I not braked when I did, I might have been killed or crippled for life. Since that incident, and more importantly, directly afterwards, I had serious psychological trauma about car accidents. Hmm. Uh, waking from a dream of crashing or driving full speed into some someone still feeds into my consciousness. So I guess the answer is a double-edged sword. Uh, would I not have the psychological impact of these dangers had I not been in the accident? Most everyone has been in some form of auto accident, but this was my first and only, and it still haunts me to this day. I also used to have a recurring nightmare... That I was uh, with both my kids when they were young, holding my daughter's hand and carrying my younger son as an infant. In the nightmare, I'm in a place of extreme danger, like a dangerous neighborhood or some gang setting, and I have to get them both to safety. In many cases, I pick both my kids up in my arm and run. It's horrific, and I know why. Hmm. On 9-11, which is coming up, I had both kids at home that day, and and my mom, uh, their mom, was at work. After seeing the events of the Twin Towers, I decided to get my kids out of the house and away from the images of the attack. We went to a nearby mall that had a huge play area for them and just hung out there for what felt, in my mind, safe. Because on that day, we had no idea what was going to happen next, right? Uh, After about an hour or so, a security guard took me aside and asked me to slowly gather the kids and head out. They were closing the mall early, just in case. I could see he was a bit rattled, as we all were, but he mentioned that the area had a large population of Middle Eastern people, and the idea of further danger needed to be avoided. I slowly collected my kids and told them it was time to leave, even though they knew it wasn't. As we left the play area, my daughter noticed my son's shoe had fallen off back at the play area, so she bolted back to retrieve it. I went cold and my heart raced as she ran away from me. I don't remember being that scared of something so psychologically gripping on that day. Uh, she was just running for a shoe. It was like Burt Reynolds walking away to get the game ball at the end of the longest yard, and Eddie Albert was thinking he was trying to escape. Like most of us that day, it felt like there was no place safe to go. I felt vulnerable, and with the responsibility of two young children, it was a psychological fear I've never known before, even though deep down I knew that we were absolutely fine. Mm. Yeah, I've been th- I was thinking about 9-11 in the last couple of days, uh, just because there's been a couple of things that have come up pop culture-wise where people were talking about things that were made during that period of time. And 
I get the feeling that if you weren't around or of a certain age, you don't remember what it was like then. And, uh, and the, and the art and the things that were created around that time were reflecting that in a way that it doesn't seem to make sense now or it doesn't seem relevant now. Hmm. But like there was a time where we were numb. And there was a time where we don't know what's going to happen at all. And there was a time where you just wanted to feel something. Yeah. And and there's a lot of shocking humor and, a sh- and shocking things that came out around then. We're also told, like, uh, humor's dead. There's no irony. Everything's, you know, <laughs> mm. uh, the talk show hosts were like, should we go back on the air? What is there to talk about? Yeah. Doesn't this all seem pointless? And it's so weird thinking that they would be like that. But at the time... There you are. And you were also very scared yeah. that, you know, uh, there was going to be, you know, all this prejudice towards people and, ugh, and is it, is it World War Three? And, and yeah, and you just don't, if you weren't there, then you don't get that because of how things like unfolded later on. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very weird to like look back on stuff like that. And people will judge the things that came out then and went like, oh, this is terrible and this is wrong. And it's like, context. <laughs> anyway, yes. back to the letter. I have news of rain. Good news of rain. Many inches of plentiful rain. So One, this two. means, sorry, to, you're not talking like that. So this <laughs> means that along with the heat, which still resides here in Texas, but only in the 90s, outside is like a lushy greenhouse. I'll be spending the summer days, uh, September days of summer, weeding and beautifying the outer perimeter of my home since it's growing back at an alarming rate. <laughs> it's not in the triple digits, uh, digits and there's uh, cloud cover, so I won't suffer a heat stroke taking care of my lawn, garden, and patio. I'll most likely be listening to Sneaky Dragon as I do since these are my weekend tasks. So thanks for the company. I could always listen to those assholes endlessly rip Star Wars to shreds, but I have you two instead. <laughs> All right, my tip to you about the garden, watch out for weeds. Watch out for vines. (laughs) Yes, stay away from vines. Thanks for the mention, Louise, along with the two TV Week covers. Uh, I see you knew what I meant about the conflicting series. I've only started watching House of the Dragon on HBO, so I'm not having any issues with uh, conflating the two yet. I'm telling you years from now, we'll speak of these two series being released only a few weeks apart. Only true fantasy geeks We'll be able to keep them separate in our minds. Enjoy the for the joys of summer, fellow sneakers. I'll see you next time next week. Very nice. Thank you. Chris Roberts writes, and this is what he says. Chris Roberts writes, what's he got to say? We want to know, so stop singing. Stop singing this stupid song. Chris Roberts. Well, that was quite a show this week, fellas. I don't think I've ever been so engrossed in a debate since Carvey and Spade almost came to blows over the true meaning of Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12. And we all remember how that turned out. I remember it being special. I also love the way you resolve things by stating how much you dislike winning an argument. I mean, could this show be any more Canadian? Cracking top five, too. May you keep on sneaking forever. Thank you. We have a letter from Regis, and here's how it goes. A little something like this. Hey, it's been a long time, but you know, uh, with all the money you sent me, I bought some parasitic (laughs) holidays, but I know uh, that's what hard-earned money is, yours. So I choose wisely, aiming for maximum luxury, but on the budget-conscious way. So there's a lot of countries where the cost of living is surprisingly low, and boy... They love rich people. The bad side is you've got to love army green color, uniforms, military matters in general, edgy people, and uh, other people being shot. 
But their leisure uh, detaches villages, pagodas, lagoon mansions are really amazing. And for what? Okay, some moral dilemmas and a few bad investments in a shady mining company, but otherwise a bargain. As the saying goes, you can't really be happy until others are really, really, really unhappy. But I must confess that in the long run, it's a little bit depressing. Mm. I could have chosen more socioeconomic, ethically uh, variations, vacations. But you now, nowadays, you can't be chilling around acquaintances' pools without the FBI randomly raiding in and out. I ask you, how is it possible to have some restorative rest in those conditions? I know. Drying myself with some top secrets. Um, (laughs) Either way, whatever the reason, too much consciousness or too much noise, my vacations were ruined. So finally, I got back home to build my frickin' laser cutter enclosure. Because the general mood of short holidays had kind of reminded me of the James Bond movies of my youth, particularly Goldfinger. Yes. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. And cutting things with lasers is tight. But I personally just satisfied me with wood smelly but a lot less messy than with people and sometimes you're not going to believe me they escape and beat the hell out of you which is not cool yes mr bond i'm thinking of you that's not very gentlemanly if you ask me then for late summer uh and for armless things that scare me the most thoughts (laughs) just thinking of the word scalpel where am i sorry how long have i been unconscious what was i talking about oh yes but really thinking of some things or situations imaginary or recollection can have a physical effect on me if i as if i was seeing them or going to experience them in reality you know the oh shit moment where you realize a bad thing has just happened or is happening and there's no way of escaping it Hmm. it's very short but quite intense otherwise i like gory movies but not medical documentaries and i'm scared of heights and the idea of it, I enjoy watching parkour videos, but watching uh, horror movie Roof Culture Asia is really painful. <laughs> and Dave, speaking of music, I just discovered, I mean, the YouTube, al- YouTube algorithm has kindly recommended me the Justin Hawkins Rides Again channel. Okay. Didn't know him, and underneath the showy, in-your-face kind of provocative attitude, he seems very genuine and he is quite interesting. On the weird side, check out the Amazon show We Got Company. With Mark Rebelet, Tenacious D's Jack Black, and Reggie Watts and some puppets. Nonsensical, happy, chatty, musical mess. And there is a link. Okay, I'll have to check that out. And as always, don't be sticky, snacky, or stacky, but stay, or, you know, the other one. (laughs) Louise writes, not to make dad and dad argue again. Oh, boy. Louise. Throwing matches in the oil-soaked basement. That's the way that we have fun. Oh, my God. Not to make dad and dad argue again. But I got curious and looked up the Hebrew word for day in Genesis. Yes. And it is yom. And it talks about each day of creation being made up of a morning and an evening. A day could only uh, mean not really a day, but some unspecified period of time, if it is being used as an idiom or metaphor, in which case it's up for interpretation. And that's the thing with the Bible. As soon as you say this passage is a creation legend, or the book is an allegory, a fable, it's up for interpretation. 
But who gets to do the interpreting? That's when the fighting and the inquisitioning and the executing starts. Mm. By the way, I think it's interesting that even biblical literalists say the Song of Songs is an allegory for God's love for the Jewish people or Christ's love for the church. It sounds a lot like secular love to me. <laughs> yes. I'll believe I'll be wa- I believe I'll be watching a backyard screening of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid uh, during the last days of summer. Luckily, according to the weather report for the evening, raindrops won't keep falling on my head. Thank goodness. That is true. Tomorrow we will be uh, watching uh, watching that movie at our friend's house. Uh, and uh, and I believe like our friend uh, David, David Fine, mm. um, uh, mentioned that because uh, we were trying to think of like food that would be uh, right for, for this. And I was suggesting barbecue. So we're going to have some barbecue. And there's other things cool. I could. I, I suggested a Robert Redford uh, thing, which then David uh, said, uh, this David here, Dedrick. Uh, said was also called Sex in the Pan, which he's made before. He knows this thing. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh, maybe that. But then a lot of people are making desserts. Um, but uh, the other Dave, oh, man, there's too many Daves. <laughs> uh, mentioned, Easy I think, Robert Robert uh, Cobb as like an actor mm. who was in a lot no, of. No, no, not. Uh, what was it? Something Cobb. Yes. I can't remember his name. I think it's actually uh, his initials, right? Oh, was it initials? I think so. Somehow the way it got around was. Uh, there was an actor who's in a lot of westerns, yeah. but wasn't in this, but somehow was connected to the word Cobb. Yeah. So he went like, well, maybe a Cobb salad, uh, even though that makes no sense because there's no connection to this movie. <laughs> and immediately I jumped on that and went, I'll make a Cobb salad. <laughs> that sounds good. So I'll be making a Cobb salad, but again, I've got to say, with only one hand. Can I do it? We'll see. I made I made chili for it. I made it last night. Nice. I, so we'll be recreating that scene from Blazing Saddles. I did the thing that you always do when you make something for other people, which is you go, I'm not going to make my usual recipe. I'm going to try something totally different. Mm. <laughs> what is that drives you to do that? I don't understand, but that's exactly what I did. I was like, because normally I just make it, you know, like the regular way my mom made it, basically, right. you know, like lightly, very lightly spicy and with a lot of beans in it, okay. which Lisa doesn't like. Doesn't, she's not a bean fan. All right. And so I've, over time, I've like weaned, weaned the beans. Weaned the beans? Yeah. Because, uh, bean I, weaner? I don't want, because the thing is, like, Lisa enjoys it, but she spends like a half an hour of the meal picking all the beans out and putting them to the side, mm-hmm. which is a waste. Yeah. And then I'll eat some of them. I don't want all of them because then it's like too many beans for too my, beans. my chili. It's like the Dr. Seuss book, too many beans. Too many beans. And so, uh, so I decided, yeah, I decided I was going to make it with uh, chorizo sausage and beef. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not just plain old beef. Nice. And so then I found a recipe and it was, uh, it looked interesting. So it was like chorizo sausage, beef, yeah. poblano peppers. Okay. A red pepper, onion. Yeah. Um, so you, you know, you brown the meat and then you add the that stuff in and to, you know, kind of sweat it so it's soft. And then, then it was uh, chicken broth because I figured... She said, in the thing, it said beef broth or chicken broth. And I was like, well, I already have beef. Yeah. I got Dude, pork. Chicken broth is So we'll put chicken broth. Yeah, broth yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then. I know. It seems, uh, it seems yeah, I, I got you. And then the re- recipe recommended something I never heard of before, which is peppers in adobe, adobo sauce or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adobe sauce, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never heard of it. Yeah. So I, bought, I was like, I'll never find that at the store. Because it's like. Yes, you will. It was right, right there. there. <laughs> right there in the shelves. So right I, next to the uh, uh, El Paso taco. That's right. Uh, right, stuff, right yeah. by the, the, the yeah, your diced um, chilies or whatever. And what value? Pretty reasonably priced. Not bad at all, yeah. Yeah. And then and then also recommended using uh, like fire 
fire cooked or whatever um, tomatoes. Okay. And so once again, I was like, there's no way they're going to... Oh, right here. Okay. <laughs> but I really like the Rotel tomatoes. Do you know those? No, I don't. So they come... They, they're really good for uh, chilies and stuff because it's a mix of chilies and pe- tomatoes together. Oh, cool, cool. And so, so I got two of those and two things of this, the smoked. I put them both in because I wanted to use them oh, both. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then what else? A bunch of garlic, of course. And then... So that goes in next, and then the tomato sauce all go together. And then you, and then I simmered that for about a half an hour, and then and then I had to simmer it again for half an hour with the lid off. Yep. And then I was I took it off, and I was like, oh, I guess I better let it cool down before I put it in the fridge. And then I fell asleep and woke up at three thirty in the morning. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. So then I tasted it then. <laughs> and how was it? It was very spicy, but it was good. Oh, nice. It's good. So I'm not sure. I'm thinking a lot of people are going to be like, hmm, different. No, I'm sure it'll be fine. Here's the other thing you can always do is like just bring along some uh, sour cream. I have yeah, I have sour cream already for it. Ah, boom! There you go. So anyone who's like it's too spicy, really? Bloop! Yeah, there you're done. I've got some sour cream. I've got some cheese, grated cheese. Uh, you're fine. And uh, I'm gonna bring some diced onions as well because I like diced onions on my chili. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, email. Oh yes, we do. That was the last letter. Didn't realize. Yeah, we just got a we just got one a few seconds ago, I think, or like minutes ago too. So on the email scale. So, mm-hmm. so um, our first letter is uh, questions o the week. Ooh, is the subject from Laurel Robertson. Nice. Laurel writes to say, "Hello, dear David and dear Ian and sneakers all. It's hard to separate psychological. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> Sorry, I'm just coughing because I uh, broke a bone. Go ahead. <laughs> and ate a cherry. Sorry, cherry." Drink that Pepsi. Uh, she says, It's hard to separate psychological danger from the physical, in a way. What came to my mind first is this. Since just last winter, we have had a robust coyote gang living Ooh. in our surrounding woods. Okay. Sometimes they come very close to the cleared part of our property. Mm-hmm. And when they get howling, they sound like so many demons encroaching. <laughs> it is a very eerie sound. De- yeah. uh, not demons. Demons are very eerie, but uh, coyotes. Yeah, demons are really scary. That is very demons. eerie as well. But but yeah, coyotes. Yeah. I are, don't like the demons. Coyotes are a close second. Uh, when they really get to yipping, it uh, can be kind and of. Then a, they get to nipping. <laughs> it can be heart heart stuffing. I remember the first time I ever heard it was staying uh, staying sleeping over at the farm when Lisa still lived at home with her parents and. Uh, Sleeping over there, and then, yeah, I could hear the the uh, coyotes at night. Even my husband gets a little freaked out. We have never seen them, but we certainly know they're about. They are spooking me psychologically. <laughs> we have myriad trails out through these woods that I used to like with our dogs. Sorry, did I say like? I meant hike. That we used to hike with our dogs every morning freely. We also used to hike them in the dark on full moon nights. Now I admit I'm less inclined to go out as far because I'm afraid for myself and for my dogs, that we could be attacked physically. Yeah. So there's that link. I hate it. And as the coyote band seems to be breaking up as the pups are apparently growing, we do not hear them as often, so I feel less nervous. Still wouldn't walk the forest trails at night, though. Yikes. <laughs> as summer winds down, slash up, it's still warm enough to be in the pool with grandkids when they come, by although it's a bit chillier on the jump in... Also, my youngest sister, Leslie, is flying down from northern Minnesota the next weekend, mm. so I can take her to my favorite beach hotel on the North Carolina coast. And then she says, Sea Vista Motel on Topsail Island. By the way, S-E-A Vista, not, she's not mm. saying to see it, but it's called Sea Vista Motel on Topsail Island for a few days. I hope, Ian and David, that you are enjoying these last summer days, and you as well, wonderful sneakers. Ciao, babies. Laurel R. 
Nice. So Laurel sent a PS, so I'm going to read that next, even though it falls chronologically outside of our... She says, hello again, fellows. I meant to add how much I enjoyed the bell-bottom tunes last week. Mm. Thank you, David. The Loudon Wainwright song was just amazing. Never heard that one before. I like the others, too. Eric Clapton's bell-bottom blues always grabs me. I have a top five suggestion. Take it or leave it. But recently I discovered a newer Arcade Fire song, Unconditioned, a cool song to their son. That brought to mind some other songs written, sung for the singer's child or children. So, David, what about songs that have to do with kids? Thanks, as always, for the great Sneaky Dragon, Laurel R. again. Well, I'll put that onto the suggestion list. It'll probably be on next week's show. Um, now, I wrote to Peter Ayers. This, this okay. is what precipitated this, because I didn't have his address, and I wanted to send him a sticker for the question and answer show. Because, yes, I finally got off my butt and mailed <laughs> those out. Uh, he says, hi, David. Much obliged. And he sends me, sends me his address. I will not read that. Mm-hmm. He says, I'll send you a snap of the sticker once affixed. That would be great. Thank you very much, Peter. I would appreciate that. Thanks again for all the hard work you put into the podcast. It's hugely appreciated, especially given the beaning my once-thriving social life has taken over the past years. Last week's debate with Ian showed how sticking to your guns can both propel a discussion towards fascinating levels of insight and curdle the mood. (laughs) The most painful words to hear in such an argument is one you both used, no. I personally find it very triggering when someone negates your opinions or your understanding of a subject, which I find deeply triggering. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm glad to hear your informed thoughts. I wouldn't call them informed, but I'm glad to hear your informed thoughts on theology. My deformed (laughs) thoughts. And I'm equally glad that your friendship is robust enough to withstand such robust argument and to endure through regular three-hour discussions on the finer parts of archaic confectionery. But on that theological argument... A big problem that struck me as a child was the muddled way in which Bible stories were presented in my Anglican primary school. Mm. Some, like the flood, were just stories, not to be taken seriously, whereas other stories of miracles were meant to be treated as true stories about a real man. I'd be interested to hear where you think lines might be drawn between myth, parable, story, and truth, or whether it should all be taken as poetic truth. Does it matter if Jesus worked in miracles? Or are these stories just ways of opening up avenues of thought? And what was the middle name anyway? My money's on Hector. <laughs> Scares. Your brain knows roller coasters are safe, but the thrill hits you on a gut level, a literally visceral level, which is next to impossible to bypass. Your brain does its best to tell you it's all okay, but then it remembers those poor people on the smile at Alton Towers and says, no, maybe let's not get on after all. In comparison, if a movie is scary, you can walk out, in theory. The best scary movies worm their way into your brain and can affect you for days afterwards, if not forever. I felt properly terrorized by addition in the cinema and came close to leaving as the finale took its sweet time to unfold. More recently, Green Room was an exercise in nail-biting tension, and it follows cleverly tapped into primal fears. This letter has fizzled out, and so must I. Bonsoir, Peter. (laughs) Thank you, Peter. Thank you for sending me your address, and thank you for that note. And we won't go into the, uh, the yes, the rather razor, razor's edge, what is a legend, fable, serious history, all the, all the rest of it about the Bible right now. But I do appreciate everyone's thoughts on these things. Very good. And now, questions for next week. Oh. Um, uh, hey, you ever broke a bone? <laughs> what was it? Are you comfortable talking about it? How'd it happen? Uh, let's know. There you go. That's one. Bone breakers. <laughs> Bone breakers. Oh, I have to think of a question now, do I? 
If if not, I've, I could probably load up a second one. We talked about cartoons. Could throw something in about cartoons. Um. Okay. This is for cartoon nerds. Send us your top. Send us your top five for for Warner Brothers directors. I'd be curious to hear those. For people who aren't cartoon nerds, what was your favorite cartoon to watch when you were a kid? There you go. It could be like. Like to me, I would I would always think of like Funorama or Frisky Frolics, which were like cartoon anthology, like a yeah. collection of cartoons that the that the TV station had at hand that they mixed up over the yeah. year. Over Maybe the it was year. something uh, you used to watch, where like there was some cartoon host that would lead you through things. Like they they would often have one with like a like a talking raccoon mm-hmm. or a leprechaun man, yeah. or something like that. Or yeah, a clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd take you through things. So yeah, what was your favorite? Yeah, you know, or just one you want to bring up. Maybe it wasn't your favorite. Maybe you're like, this guy was weird. I still have nightmares about him. Maybe it was, you know, there you go. We got some JP Patches issues. Um, let us, why let would us you know. have JP Patches issues? What's that? I said, why would you have JP Patches issues? Yeah, why would you? Exactly. There's a hobo clown that lives in the dump <laughs> and somehow was the mayor of the dump. Who did he run against? Who voted? He, had to, he ran Bears? A, he ran against Bear, uh, Boris S. Wart, the meanest okay. man in the world. All right. But who voted? Yeah, that's a good question. Esmeralda, I guess. There's one vote? Yeah. Okay. It's a very uh, small, it's a small republic. So write us and let us know. Uh, your, your thoughts are there. Oh, uh, ref- I'll refine the question for on the website. Please do. Uh, we are at SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. That's our email address. For all address. your podcast needs. What's that? That's what your email address. Yeah. I think people know. If I'm going SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. I just thought you were talking about the website, so I was a bit... Concerned. Oh, it'd be concerning if that was the website. <laughs> yeah. No, the website is uh, sneakydragon.com. You are right. That's what I was reading things off of earlier. And and sometimes people put links there to things as well. Mm. So you can like go, oh, click on that link, and then you watch the thing that the person was talking about. <laughs> it's so interactive. It's the future. It's not like the old days with, <laughs> get off the phone, mother. <laughs> but I'm talking to our son who's at war. <laughs> Well, get off, because I've got to load uh, Donkey Kong, and it's going to take 12 days. Uh, so we can't talk to Sun for 12 days. The entire reason my life got so expensive. Because before, before the internet, I just used like a telephone answering machine. Mm-hmm. You know, it just had like a tape cassette in it, and or it had a built-in Yeah, and memory. you did your uh, rapping, uh, yeah, yeah. this is Dave, I'm not here today, <laughs> but please leave the message, because I'm far away, and I want to say, hey, 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 beep. <laughs> um, David, uh, and then this when, is that job application <laughs> you applied for. Uh, you can't have the job. <laughs> We've just, just had against it. We've changed our mind. Um, but then, I, because I wanted to get on the internet, I had to to get voicemail. So, mm-hmm. Because then I, I didn't have to worry about people trying to call. They would go to voicemail, and I wouldn't miss calls. So yeah, yeah, it all got life got expensive. Thanks, internet. Boop. So, yeah. So go to SneakyDragon.com. That is where all of our episodes are. Yeah. And underneath each, each of the episodes uh, is a little message board space. And like I say, that's where you put your thing. Uh, you can also go to Facebook where we also have uh, a presence, a Sneaky Dragon presence. And you can type something there. We'll go, hey. Or you can go to tum- uh, SneakyDragon.tumblr.com also. There you are. And there you are. Uh, and that's where we are. So, a little <laughs> bit, we'll stay. A, a little bit of a shorter episode. This not much shorter. Not really. Uh, but once again, uh, remember, I have a broken bone. Once, once I add the usual fifteen minutes of white noise, it'll be the regular length. Yep. And his uh, bird calls, <laughs> ending with uh, Dave's famous bird calls. 
Thank you so much for listening. I've been Ian. To it, to. And, you know, that guy. 